Hey friends, my guest today is a family man, bearded guy, American military veteran, and all-around positive dude. Every time I hang out with him, we have great conversations, and today was no exception. This episode is kind of separated into three parts, with the first hour dedicated to talk about selling popsicles, watching movies, actors we think may or may not be cool, and Halloween costumes. The second hour is a collection of stories from when Jesse joined the military and went through basic training. Then in the third hour, we get political and discuss the Constitution, free speech, the Electoral College, and generally how to not be an asshole. He is a bright, intelligent, handsome young man, and I am proud to call him my friend. I love this guy. His name is Jesse Byron. I was hanging out uh, with a buddy of mine today, and we were talking about... Do you know the history of t-shirts? <laughs> um, yeah, I do, do. Do you really? Yeah, they were shirts, and then they cut the sleeves off them for comfort. Y- yeah, that. <laughs> no, I don't know the history of t-shirts, no. Uh, it's pretty crazy, because like, you see them now on everybody. Everybody just wears them constantly. You know, It doesn't matter what uh, economic group you're in. Uh, what job you have i mean they're casual they're also um they can be fancy and nice in in some ways yeah um but what happened is uh they it, it was right around the turn of the century it, it, right around 1900 and they used to issue basically onesies mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. the navy right and it was just supposed to be worn as like an undergarment kind of like the mormon mormon clothes undergarments or whatever they're called sure and uh because there were times where you were too hot people started cutting them off Mm. and so then you would just lose the bottoms and you'd have the top okay and it never really they're donald duck in it like no no chonies (laughs) exactly they were (laughs) donald duck in it yeah uh and so people didn't really I mean, it was still an undergarment. And then up through World War One and World War Two. World War Two is when they started taking off the top and just wearing the T-shirts. Right. And then it still didn't even become a part of popular culture until James Dean mm-hmm. and Marlon Brando. Right. And they made... Uh, Had to have some young, rebellious people exactly. to, uh, to show people. That's what it was associated with. Yeah. Uh, Brando wore it in A Streetcar Named Desire, mm-hmm. and then James Dean wore it in... Um, Rebel Without a Cause. Yeah. Exactly. And they were seen as like counterculture, rebellious right. individuals, and then it just went from there. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. It's it's crazy, because it's, it's only been a thing for like 100 years, and now you've got graphics, and all, you can make your own on the internet. Yeah, it's pretty weird. The history of everything is pretty weird. Yeah, yeah. What was I thinking about with uh, t-shirts? But I used to uh, used to like to make my own t-shirts all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, some friends of mine from high school. Well, you could say their names, I guess. It's talking about t-shirts, but like Matt Lincoln and me used to always make t-shirts, and we would just take like the the funniest, like most obscure things and put them on t-shirts. Like we we loved The Simpsons. That was like our favorite show. So like. You could find a T-shirt with Bart Simpson being like, "Don't have a cow, man," you know, and, mm-hmm. and be like, "Well, that's not the T-shirt I want. I want a T-shirt with Gil, the the guy from uh, what's that movie? Uh, Gil? 
Yeah, Gil, the character Gil from Simpsons, he's the sa- the failed salesman. Okay. He's from yeah. uh, Glenn Gary, G- Glenn Ross. Okay. He's like a direct ripoff of Jack Lemmon's character in that movie. Okay. And he's just a hilarious character in Simpsons, and he's like, so we would make t-shirts of Duff Man and like and Gil and it, Millhouse. And, in the 90s? Yeah. Yeah? Just things that you would never be able to buy. Yeah. And, and you never ran into like copyright issues or anything? Who would? I mean, like, we didn't, like, sell them. They were just for us. <laughs> yeah. I would, if we were selling them, I'm sure probably we would have. But, uh, you know, like, nobody, nobody's going to, my mom's not going to be like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, you should probably not wear that for copyright reasons. Yeah. My, my mom was doing aerobics class. She was busy with aerobics. Yeah, she you were making t-shirts. Yeah, she, doing she, something else. Yeah, she couldn't pay attention. You're just out there hawking t-shirts, making dollars. We weren't hawking them. We weren't making anything. In fact, we were just like buying like Hanes undershirts and like screen, you know, iron-on stuff that we printed off. My oh, nice, nice. So they were pretty ghetto. You could only wear them like four or five times before they were completely worn out. Yeah. But Do you still have any of them? Oh, no. No? No. No. Plus, they'd be like, they would fit like my hand. Yeah. You know, I am so much fatter than I was <laughs> We've all grown. Yeah. Yeah. yeah unfortunately, too. Uh, well, that makes me think of uh, when when I was a kid, we used to do, instead of like the classic lemonade stand thing, uh, there were a couple dudes up the street that I would hang out with, and we had this, this one summer, somebody came up with the idea for blazer aid, like hmm. trailblazers. Okay. Smart. With, with lemonade. marketing action yeah. there. Yeah. And so I didn't really care. I wasn't really into them or anything, but- those guys were, and so we all had jerseys, shorts, headbands, the whole deal, and we took the radio flyer wagon oh. around the block trying to sell this blazer aid. I don't think we made any money, though. You know, that's funny. Uh, I remember always just having some kind of hustle or some kind of something when I was a kid. You know, I was always shoveling uh, snow when we'd have snow. I'd go, like, door-to-door, knock on literally every person's door within a 12-block radius of my house. And ask if they wanted their driveway shoveled, you know, for a dollar, you know. Mm -hmm. And some people would say yes, most people would say no. But you'd make like $25 in a day of hard, hard labor. And that was awesome as a kid. And, uh, you know, raking leaves, mowing lawns, doing the whole thing, you know, anything I could do to make a couple bucks to go spend because you're kind of obsessed with buying things when you're a kid. And recently my son has like entered that stage of like wanting to make money. And so like, you know, they're like, oh, you know, like we'll grow, grow vegetables and then we'll take them door to door and sell them. And it's like, I'm like, you could buy like a bushel of green onions at, <laughs> at the grocery yeah, store yeah. for like 86 cents, you know, it's mm-hmm. a lot less labor intensive than that. So like they were like going around uh, recently, they were like, they grabbed like a string cheese and put a granola bar in a Ziploc bag <laughs> and they're like hitting up the neighbors, you know, like, do you want to buy our snack packs for, you know, $2? And, and they'd do it once. Yeah. And I'd be like, okay, now you can't go back there anymore because nobody wants that like constant pressure of a little kid. Yeah. And my son was, uh, a few months ago, was like, oh, you know, we should, we should do a popsicle stand. And I was like, that's actually kind of smart. You know, because we get a lot of walking traffic, especially during the COVID thing. You know, like a lot of people are home. And so, like, they're out walking around on their lunch break or whatever. So he set up a stand and, you know, popsicles are 
cheaper than water. You know, like they're free. Basically, you could buy eighty for three dollars, mm-hmm. quite literally. And you know, you're selling them for fifty cents a piece. And I was like, this is actually a pretty good idea. You know, like even that you guys might make a few bucks doing this. First day, they came in with like eighteen dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, that's insane. And I was like, oh, but just keep your keep your head screwed on. Like this, you're gonna saturate the market. You know, and yeah. people will be like. Yeah, the popsicle sounded good yesterday, but it's the same walkers every day. Yeah. Every day he's went out, he makes like twelve to eighteen, twenty dollars, you know, like and he just of course he just blows it on stupid shit. Because <laughs> he's a little kid. But it's his money, he earned it. Yeah. And the crazy craziest part about it is like we get all these neighborhood kids in our neighborhood that play with him and uh he's like uh like hiring them on to like help because they got like eight kids out there. Mm-hmm. And so like he's like paying them wages and like, you know, <laughs> he's like, hey, here's your dollar. At the end of the day, he like issues out like whoever is helping. And that, some of the kids like hold signs and mm-hmm. like haul people in and like the uh, like landscaping trucks are driving through our neighborhood. Like we'll pull over and like buy popsicles for all the guys and then drive off. I'm <laughs> just like, hey, well, you know, more power to you. Yeah, that's crazy. He just needs an HR department. He's legit. He does, you know. Yeah. But he's, you know, he's actually good to his employees, too. That's he's pretty paying cool. his employees. I, I feel like I wouldn't have had that, uh, like, drive as a kid to, like, want to yeah. pay the, you know, your friends. You're like, that's ah, all my money. You know, yeah. It's my money. I yeah. bought that popsicle. Like, he buys them. Uh-huh. Like, we loan him the money, and then he pays it back, and then we buy him more and stuff. So. It's a cool system. I mean, it you're is. kind of training him for, yeah. for what Yeah, well, he trained really himself. Happens. Like, he, we didn't teach him any of that stuff. The only thing that we taught him was that, you know, you don't get to just have the popsicles for free. Yeah. Like, this is a $3 loan, and then you pay us the $3 when you make the $3 back. That yeah. way it doesn't just... Because they also eat like 42 of the 80 <laughs> in the day that they're out there. So like they're all like, you know, wired up, blue mouth, you know. Like, mm-hmm. uh. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got to test the product. Right. Make yeah. sure it's good. Yeah. Well, they, that's what they say about dealing, you know. They don't do the product. <laughs> you know, how does that go there? You're not supposed to smoke your own stash? Yeah. Something like that? I don't know. I never dealt drugs, but. Uh, yeah, it, it's uh it's better when you see the kids out there doing it. You're you're far more likely to make some money with with some, some youngsters. Cute faces, yeah. yeah, as opposed to I never understood the people who own the ice cream trucks because they're driving around. Oh God, I don't know how much money they're and making. They look super sketch, like always too. Yeah, I mean that's how horror movies start. It's true. Yeah, the guy that comes around our neighborhood is like. He's like kind of a wholesome looking Santa Claus guy, but at the same time, if you think about what Santa Claus actually looks like when he's not wearing Santa Claus clothes, yeah, he's like <laughs> kind of scary. <laughs> when he shaves in the off season. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of a scary looking uh, big fat guy that drives mm-hmm. around in a truck and like tries to attract children. Yeah. It's a pretty, pretty bizarre line of work to like even appeal to want to do. Yeah. I, I don't know what drives somebody to do that, but. A truck. Even I mean, <laughs> even if even if you have the best intentions, you still gotta feel weird driving around trying to sell fudge sickles to <clears throat> eight year olds. That's the thing. Like I was thinking recently, because uh, like childcare, as you know, childcare is extremely expensive. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, like, if I ever like in the off off days, I like was driving Uber for like a hot minute, just 
partially just to see what it was like to like be in a service industry again because I haven't done that in a long, long time. But um, so I started doing that, and then when uh, excuse me, uh, when school you know kicks off, and Emily is uh, going to be uh, looking at some full time employment for teaching. We have like this 30 minute before school and hour after school that the kids don't have something to do, you know, to, yeah. to go. Yeah. And like they can't ride the bus because we live too close to their school. So it's, we're in this like weird gray area. But um, so we're like, oh, well, like we'll just send them to a daycare, you know, or whatever for for that hour and a half per day. You know, if it's even that, it's like 45 minutes uh, after school and, and 30 minutes before and we looked at the very cheapest thing was like $2,500 a month, which... For three I, kids. For three kids, yeah. 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 So uh, for an hour and a half a day, which is m- pure madness. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't even make sense for one of the individuals to work at that point. I mean, that's why... I, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And she's a teacher, you know, and they don't make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, well... You know, it doesn't really make sense to do it unless she can sub at their school. So, like, she can only really sub at their school, which blows uh, because then she can take them to school and pick them up. Yeah. Can they just, like, hang out in her class while she's subbing before and after? Or If she's at their school, yes. Yeah. But if she's at a different school, no. Obviously, yeah. they're, they'd be at a different school. So. Mm-hmm. But um, what where I was going with this was I thought, God damn, like uh, – Childcare is just a profitable fucking profession, you know. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you're like even a halfway decent person, you could watch like five kids and make more than a full time teacher, you know. Like you could literally watch five kids for a couple hours a day and make more. And I and I was like, shit, you know, like I should do that. <laughs> and then I, and then I thought like, there's no fucking way. That they that anybody would let their kids go to my house, you know. <laughs> like you look at my face and like my like, I'm like a, I feel like a well respected member of the community, you know. Like yeah, uh, I've done. I'm not a felon. I don't have any. You look at my driving record; it's clean, you know. Like yeah. you can do whatever you want to do. There's no way they're letting. And I'm a college graduate, you know. Like there's no way they're letting their kid come to my house as a 37 year old man because. Mm-hmm. It just seems wrong societally, you know, like yeah. if, but if my wife did it, everybody would be like, holy shit, a certified teacher wants to watch our kids. We're the same age. We have the same education level, you know, like uh, it would be perfectly acceptable for her to do it. And, and everybody would applaud her. Yeah. And like, if I were to do it, it would, you'd be like, it'd be like, oh, you're a child molester. You know, like, <laughs> exactly. That, and I have three kids, you know, like that are of my own, you know, like. It's weird. It, I, I, I know what you mean. I, so weird. Like there's this weird disconnect between male and female taking care of kids. And I, I agree with you. Like I know you, I'd let you watch my kids, but if I didn't know you, I would feel better if your wife was taking care of my kids. There's right. some weird. Or even if she was even just there. Yeah. Like to watch the evil men in the world, you know, because <laughs> guys just want to molest kids. You know, yeah. that's all we want to do. Yeah. It's very, it's a very strange uh, dynamic Yeah, that we can't trust men yeah well i don't know if we can't or we just or we refuse to it's just ingrained in in our belief system that something something's not right if there's a dude who wants to hang out with kids correct because 
this reminds me of a teacher. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I was just thinking about that. There was a second grade teacher, and I, I don't know where the guy's at now. He seemed totally cool, totally legit. But I remember as a kid, my dad being kind of weirded out by this guy because he was yeah. always buying candy for all the kids and stuff. Yeah. And all the kids loved him. Because yeah. he was super cool. Well, of course they loved him because he was buying them candy. Exactly. And like, it's it's like Michael Jackson. Yeah. I was saying to my wife the other day, this is very, like very related. I was like, uh, wouldn't it be wonderful if like we had a machine that could tell us like universal truths, right? And that we could go back and enter in Michael Jackson's name into the computer and it would say, dude's clean. Yeah. Dude didn't touch a single kid. He just loved children. And, like, it was totally innocent. He had, like, a child's mind. You know, like, and he was just this amazing talent. And he, like, you think about, like, how much money he donated to, like, children's organizations and, like, uh, adoption things, like, like in, in Africa and things like this. You know, like, the guy did incredible good in the world. But he also was probably a child molester. Yeah. Well, the thing with him is he... He was so damaged. Well, he, yeah, he was robbed of his childhood right. by his abusive father, right. who since, I mean, since he was like six or seven, you know, he was just driving the Jackson was, 5. I think it was five. Was it five? Yeah. It was very young. He he was just forced into, I mean, I've read stories about he just, he made all five of them rehearse like all day long, practicing right. these songs right. and grooming them to become the powerhouse that they became. And so... Obviously, the dude was insanely talented. Oh, of course, yeah. But he, there's no doubt about that. He he did not experience a normal life in any way. Right. And so you cannot become a normal person if you're Michael Jackson. You know what I mean? Right. And I like part of me feels like he probably maybe I don't know. Like I I'm really on the fence about it. Like he may not have done anything. Mm -hmm. Like I I view that like damage to his childhood as being so severe that it made him incapable of recognizing how weird it looks yeah. for him to do the things that he did. Well, then but, he also hung his baby over the railing. Yeah. I mean, he was obviously... That's insane. He's obviously doing some bad... Like, when you reach that level of fame, it was like Elvis, you know, the Beatles, all these people, like, when you reach that pinnacle of, like, you've never had a normal day of your life for however many years, like, I'm sure Prince or whoever, you know, like... Lady Gaga. Mm -hmm. These people don't live. They don't get to have one moment of normalcy. Or like President Obama. Yeah. Like everybody like that has encountered President Obama for, for the last however many years since he got uh, into office. Every single person is like when they see him, it's positive. You know, like no one's like, fuck you. Obama. Like you <laughs> yeah. can't. He's exactly. too nice and exactly. too cool and too respectable. Mm -hmm. And so, like, he's, his worldview's got to be way out of whack, you know? Like, and same with Michael Jackson. It's like, these people have not had, and he hasn't had a normal life since he was five. Mm -hmm. So, if you think about, like, how that shapes you yeah. psychologically. Yeah, you get used to everybody saying yes because they're all trying to please you, Correct. make you happy. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's got to be. And when he says, wacky. hey, Macaulay Culkin and other children, climb into my bed, you know, like, let's have a slumber party because I love kids. Mm -hmm. Like, I hope that's all it was. Yeah. And that'd be good. Like, that would be fantastic if we could find that out because then we could all go back to loving Michael Jackson again and trusting him. Yeah. Well, that's a downside too of any time that there's any sort of accusation in the public or in the press. 
regardless of whether or not it's true. Yeah, it, there's damage done. Yeah, it, it, sh- it totally adjusts your opinion of somebody. Sure, yeah. Which is why it's so, like, damning when that happens. That's why everybody's so, tr- like, that's why celebrities today are so, like, they're such pussies. Yes. Because they don't want anybody to, like, come out against them. Yeah. You know, like, so, like, all these silly videos that people make, you know, like the, the uh, now I can't think of the word, but like, where you're like pretending to be uh, like virtuous, virtue signaling. Yeah. Like uh, all these people that do all this virtual, virtue signaling, they're doing it for, for that reason. Because they want people to, to believe in them and trust them. Mm-hmm. And they probably have it in their heart too, to some extent, but they're overcompensating. They and are. It makes them look disingenuous. Yeah, exactly. It makes them look douchey. Yeah. 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 No, that's that. I mean, I'd love to, I'd love to hang out with some of the people that I think are cool and that I respect and just be able to have like a real conversation with them. Cause I don't think you get the real side. Like celebrities. Yeah. Who would you, who would you hang out with? I've got oh, a list. Of, I, I've heard this conversation before. I've got a list of people. Well, the first person to, to get inside their brain. The first person off the top of my head, just as we're talking about this is Jack Black. Oh, my hero. I'm sure he's pretty cool. He's fucking cool. I guarantee yeah. it. Yeah. I guarantee he's cool. Yeah. But there's a lot of people that just like, like Robert Downey Jr. Is that guy cool? I doubt it. <laughs> Who knows? He might be awesome. He might just be like so terrified of saying the wrong thing and then he can't be Iron Man anymore. Yeah. Because you get canceled. You get fucking canceled. Yeah. In a heartbeat these days. Well, unless you're on the right, you know, unless you're on the good team, you know, like... If you're a strong member of the good team, you can get away with a lot of shit. Yeah. You know, like uh, people, like if Keanu Reeves, right? If Keanu Reeves did something, everybody would look the other way for a while. He's pretty untouchable. He's, he's beloved. Yeah. You know, like there's nothing. Well, I'm not saying there's nothing, but there's yeah. lots of things that he could do. And people go, well, yeah, but he's Keanu Reeves. He's cool. <laughs> yeah. But have you seen The Matrix? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Well, and he's just a genuinely cool dude, you know, yeah. also. Well, there's all these stories about him saving people that crash their motorcycle or, yeah. you know, not he necessarily that. He subway, but... like, with everybody else. Yeah. He's just a, just seems like a normal guy. Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah. And we all trust him because of that. Mm-hmm. But you look at a guy like Tom Cruise, who's, hot take alert, coming. <laughs> I think the, the, the best actor. The he's, best. He's very good. I'll, I, I'm not going to say he's the best at acting, but he's the best actor. He he's got it figured out. In the in the reason why I say this, and this I'm sure people are like, "What the fuck is he talking about?" Like, lost all credibility. But if you look down his IMDb list, he's batting like 980. You know, like every single movie he makes is at least okay. He doesn't make any stinkers at all. Well, he always plays Tom Cruise. Yeah, but Tom Cruise is cool. Tom Cruise is cool. Yeah. And he does his own stunts. That's my favorite thing about Which him. is respectable. I love insane people. He is insane. Yeah. He, I would not hang out with that dude. But I, I wouldn't want to walk- be in a room alone with him, but yeah. I, would, I definitely want to hang out with him because I bet you he's fucking cool. I bet you he's like one of those guys that's just like, like he seems fake because he's so real. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's so into life, and he's so, like, filled with zest. 
that I bet you it would rub off on you. Like, mm-hmm. And everybody who's ever worked with him always says he's like the most professional and the hardest working mm-hmm. and just like just a worker, you know, worker that just doesn't stop. Yeah. And I respect the hell out of that. And I think he's fucking crazy. He like, is. And he, he's not afraid of anything. And that, that makes me excited to like watch his next movie. Mm-hmm. Even though like, like if you go back to like The Mummy, right? That was like his his last like sort of bad movie. The Mummy? Yeah. That was Brandon Fraser, wasn't it? No, not that one. There's like another one since then that has Tom Cruise in it. But if like you want, <laughs> it's not the same. Do I tell. I don't think it's the same movie series, but uh, it's called The Mummy. Mm. And like if you watch it, it's not good. Mm-hmm. But it's not it's not terrible. And that's like his worst movie. You know, like so you there's like Vanilla Sky. Some people are here or there on or eyes wide shut, you know, like could turn off certain people. But you go down his list and it's just bam, 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 bam. bam Edge bam, of bam, Tomorrow. Bam. Love that movie. That movie's Absolutely so good. love it. Yeah. Great, great idea. Great execution. I love sci-fi just in yeah. general. But And it was crazy what happened with that movie. I, I don't ever remember hearing anything about it. It came oh, yeah. out. It had no buzz. No, and it kinda yeah. it kinda tanked and then flew under the radar and everybody loves it. It's weird. Well, I think also it had two different titles. I think it came out as a certain title. Edge of Tomorrow, yeah. No, but I mean... Die Another Day. Yeah, right? It had it had like a co-title. Yeah, which is confusing, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I love that movie, man. It's so good. I think that was Bill Paxton's final role. Was it? Oh, speaking of which, going back to a very long podcast. We've got to settle this. I have this in my notes. <laughs> Bill Paxton. <laughs> Bill Paxton was in Twister. Uh, Not Bill Pullman. What is that? You, I, I Did I say that? Yeah, it was very early on in your podcasting. It's like stuck in my craw ever since. Bill Paxton is in Twister. Yeah. Bill Paxton. Bill there we go. Pullman. You guys were saying Bill Pullman. Uh, and I was like, through, I was like mowing my lawn. I'm like, those motherfuckers. There's <laughs> <laughs> no difference between the bills. Because Bill Paxton's so much better than Bill Pullman. Well, because Bill Pullman, no, he's alive? Yeah, Paxton Bill Paxton died? died. Okay, Paxton died. Yeah. Pullman's alive. Pullman was the president in Independence Day. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they are different people, but they're kind of the same person. Okay, Jesse? <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> give give Bill Paxton respect. Yeah. He's great. And okay. Bill Pullman is, is fine. Mm-hmm. He's fine. No, no offense, Bill Pullman, if you listen to this. I like you, too. But Bill Paxton's better than you. Plus, he's dead. Well, thanks for calling me out on that. Cause yeah, I, that's my top note. That's all I got. It's basically a check. Got okay. it. Cool. We'll just check them off. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, so other celebrities I would love to be in a room with, Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. He's also insane. Yeah. I would love to get inside his brain, and I want more movies from him. The love best them. people love them all. are insane. Yeah, the best actors. The best anything. Really? That's how you get art. That's how you get okay. yeah. art that doesn't exist elsewhere. Because normal people can't come up with that. Like Picasso, Van Gogh, uh, oh, yeah, Bill Pullman. Obviously okay? crazy. Bill Pullman is probably not crazy. <laughs> Bill Pullman probably drinks like a tall glass of warm milk before bed every night. Maker's Mark. Um, uh Oh God, who who am I thinking of? Uh, who's the crazy actor who was in um, There Will Be Blood? Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis. He's the best. He is crazy. He is the best actor. He is the best, the best actor at acting ever. He yeah. he's very very good. He's amazing. Yeah, I love that guy. 
And that's another guy that I would love to just pick his brain. Although I bet you he's not cool at all. I don't know who you'd get. Yeah. Who is who is that guy? Christian Bale, too. Another guy that's like, I bet you he's not cool. Yeah. But Shia, I bet, is cool. Shia seems down to earth, like, in a, like, I've been famous since I was very young. Uh, somehow, like, he, he did that, like, whole Macaulay Culkin thing, like, where he went, like, oh, like, fame, this is cool. And, like, oh, look how cute I am. And then, like, oh, lots of drugs and, like, lots of fucking craziness. And then, like, yeah, how? And then obscurity for this much. And then now he's down here with all of us again. You can't, you can't put that on anyone. No, that's totally normal. You you can't be famous as an adult. You absolutely cannot be famous as a kid. No, look at Feldman. That dude's he, full blown nut bar. Now. Yeah, he had some things happen though. True. Yeah. Well, I mean that was a Hollywood for you in the eighties, mm-hmm. and I'm sure every other time. Yeah. But very yeah. sad what happened to those guys. Yeah, it's a machine. A machine that's that's. Uh, I mean, exploiting humans to make money. It's fucked. I know. I wish I didn't love it so much. Because <laughs> I'm such a, like, just an absolute advocate of that art form. Like, movies are my number one, like, favorite thing in the whole world. I didn't know that because I watch a lot of movies. Yeah. I didn't know that. I see every movie. Yeah. I watch. Basically. I mean, like, oh, that's obviously exaggerating. But yeah. um, basically every movie that that's... That you should see, I've probably seen, or it's mm-hmm. on my list to see, you know, coming up. I've even been going back and, like, hitting the classics lately, which I've never figured I'd do. But, like, I've attained an age, plus there hasn't been any movies being made. Yeah. So, like, I'm having to dig into the the, the Dewey Decimal System to, like, look stuff up, you know? You're a librarian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, oh, uh, better go back and watch, you know, this or that. Well, the, the problem with some of those older movies is that the pacing is so slow. We're so used to like, even when I watch movies with my kids and we watched, uh, we watched little mermaid the other night. Yeah. Uh, just because, uh, my youngest had never seen it. And I was like, Oh my God, you never seen little mermaid. I haven't seen it in 20 years. Let's watch it. The opening. I've seen it 67 I'm times. Sure you in the last <laughs> You saw it twice today. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it on the way over here and I wasn't even with my daughters. Um, in the in the first five minutes of the film, yeah, the you see leads, cinema, cinematographer, blah blah blah. Yeah, director. when they lead with the credits. Yes, they stopped doing that in the eighties. Thank the, God they stopped doing that. Yeah. And my kids are not. Well, used I go to back that. and watch an animated Robin Hood. Yeah, holy fuck, it's like eighteen minutes of like oodalali oodalali, God, what a day. That's you a good know, one. Like, That's a good one. It's just like credits, credits, credits. It's the full credits. Which is like at the end of the movie, it just fades to black. Yeah. It's like Disney mm-hmm. black. There is no credits. It's the full credits in the beginning. That's the way they used to do it because they wanted to have their. Well, know, it makes sense. You spend that much of your life putting something like that together. Rather than everybody walking out like at, yeah. you know, during well, that time. Well, yeah. And then, you know, within the last 20 years or so, what they do at the end is they add in some extra piece right. that get you to stay. Nobody's paying attention to who actually did anything on the movie. They're just watching. Except for me. Except for you. Yeah. And me. Yeah. I, I read some of that stuff. I don't know what all of the individuals do. Yeah. But I'm not sure what that best boy's doing. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. He seems cool. Yeah. He, I wish I was that best boy. Yeah, maybe someday. 
Career change. Cross my fingers. <laughs> I want to be a best boy. That's an awesome do- job title, too. I wonder if his business card. <laughs> Jesse Byron, best boy. Best boy. <laughs> He's 65 years old. <laughs> just go with it. Yeah, yeah. He just Don't wants you to call questions. him a boy. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. God, yeah, that that is different now. Mm-hmm. People had people had longer attention spans. Uh, you know, you go back to Gone with the Wind or um, anything that Orson Welles did. I'm drawing a Lawrence blank. of Arabia, dude. That movie's four hours long. I haven't seen any of that stuff. Oh, yeah, buckle, Spartacus. Buckle up. You know, it's fucking long, but it's great. I'm sure it is. Yeah, but it's different oh the movies are totally filmmaking has changed like there was a definite i'm sure there's like i'll probably butcher it but like there's a definite place and i put it at like 1968 69 like where movies changed forever like right then where there was the old way and then there's the modern way that we still like you can still go back and watch something that was made in 71 and yeah it's going to be slower than probably what you're used to but if it's a well-made film, you won't it it won't drag. Mm-hmm. But you go back and watch something from the fifties. Yeah, <sighs> it's it's gonna be a hoof. It's slow. Yeah, it's slow. Yeah, I mean the oldest movie that I will watch and enjoy on the same plane that I do now with modern movies, I would probably be like some of the John Hughes stuff from the eighties. You know, like uh, Breakfast Club or something like that. That's the oldest you'll go. huh? You need to dig deeper. Man. I'll give you a list. Yeah, you give me a list. There's some like, have you seen Apocalypse Now? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, of course that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's some great, great movies from back then. Like, oh, my brother makes fun of me because I love Apocalypse Now so much, but I made him watch it finally, and he's like, "Oh, it was great for the first two hours." Do you and know? Then they like Marlon Brando like going around with his nose in the water for an hour and eighteen minutes. Well, that's something I was going to bring up when we were talking <laughs> about Brando at the start. How he's this like sexy heartthrob. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. In in the fifties, he transitioned. He 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 let it go, you know, and he shows up. Have you heard the story of Apocalypse Now? Like on oh, set? Yeah, I've watched a documentary on it. Oh yeah, what? Uh, heart edge heart of, dark, of darkness. Heart of darkness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he Great. shows up, and he's Marlon he's Brando. Nut bar too. He's full blown crazy. He refused to learn his lines. Mm-hmm. He's like fifty pounds overweight. He's fully uh, immersed in his character. He was the first person to really do that. Yeah. He was the Christian Bale of his day. Yeah. Where, like, he'd yell at people on set and shit, like, because he was, he was Colonel Kurtz. Yeah. You know, like, he, he was a, he was a native tribe leader. Mm-hmm. And if you talk to him any other way, then that was not acceptable. And he was, a f- which is part of why I love him, you know, like. He was an artist. Yeah. He was crazy. He was, he was an artist. I appreciate that. Like, that level of dedication to your craft. I just really, I really love that. Well, there's a certain amount of I don't give a fuck either. Right. Yeah. I'm that way on Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah. I, I go full-blown like into who I am uh-huh. and I don't let go of it. Yeah. I play that character like while I'm taking a pee by myself. So is, is that, your, uh, is that your, your one film a year, Halloween night? It's the only time I really get to, you know, <laughs> partially because it's like, I think it amuses other people and that gives me self-confidence and it's the only yeah. time I ever get that, Yeah, you know, cause people are like, Oh, Jesse's doing his thing again. You know, <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he's that guy this year. Have you figured out this year? No, <sighs> this year's just so fucked. 
all, all, all the way around. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to even really imagine, like, having a Halloween party, you know, or going to one. Because I haven't been to a party in maybe since last Halloween. I don't know. At least time. six months. Yeah, a long time. You know, last time I left the house for something social was when I was with you a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And before that was the beginning, like my birthday in March. Mm-hmm. You know, it's pretty fucked up. I don't like it. Although, so, like, part of me, it's, it's good for me because I'm in this apprenticeship right now. So it's like I kind of need the time to myself. And my friends would probably just be feeling like I was blowing them off anyway. Yeah. So maybe it's like a hidden sort of good thing. Mm-hmm. No, not as good as good as a pandemic that's killed a million people can be. Yeah. It's good for me, partially just because it, it holds me in my house. It's good for people if they can appreciate it uh, and do positive things with it, for sure. Yeah. Although it's affected my mental health pretty pretty negatively. Everybody. Yeah. 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 Man, there was a, there was a month where I was just here by myself, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Most days. Yeah, it's gotta be tough for you, man. If you're if you don't have anybody here. Yeah. Yeah. Being lonely sucks. Yeah, it does. I haven't be, I haven't been lonely in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to be lonely. Yeah. You know, I don't get to be lonely. Yeah. You know, it's 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 one of those things. This grass is always greener. You know, like when you're single, you always wish you had a, a girlfriend. Yeah. When you get a girlfriend, you always wish you're single. Yeah. Except for me. Yeah. <laughs> Honey. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Just kidding. I do. I. Have, I have, very happily married. Yeah. Wouldn't change a thing. I know. I know. Yeah, but she's great. Yeah. So you don't have you don't have any idea. It say say things got clean uh cleared up tomorrow. Do you have any idea what you would do for Halloween this year? And and do you not want to release that info? Normally I would I would be I would be cagey with it cuz I like to I like to get the reaction. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I come through the door in full character, I like I like the uh, the response. Mm-hmm. Like last year, I was a, I was a juggalo, and uh, it <laughs> can you explain what that is if anyone doesn't know what it yeah, is? Yeah, so uh, the, a juggalo is a follower of the band the Insane Clown Posse, which we just found out uh, uh, Shane has on his iPod <laughs> a couple <laughs> weekends ago, which is fucking weird. <laughs> Bless you, bless you, boy. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's a band called the Insane Clown Posse, and they are out of Michigan, and they are like a white trash, like tweaker band, uh, like rap rock, I guess. Yeah, it would be. And they were clown makeup, like, uh, like the like the nineties, you know, like L.A. Vato, you know, like clown makeup. It's almost like the the scream mask. But with makeup, yeah, it's like the like the 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 jester, you know, like from South LA, you know, like you know which I'm one I'm talking about, like the like they had there was a thing in the early '90s that was kind of like that, but so it's like really raunchy, weird, like type of music, and it's really based in that kind of that uh, Michigan Kid Rock like area. Uh, where they're, they're, they're breeding some weird folks up there. And, uh, you know, like you think about like people in our backwoods and in this part of the country, I'm sure they're much even weirder than us, you know, cause they're up in that snow area. But anyways, uh, so yeah, the followers tend to wear the makeup too. And, and it's like, 
it's like almost hybrid goth. Like, I don't know. It's tough to explain. They're like their own little subculture. It's almost a cult. Yeah, it truly is. And they have these things called like the gathering where it's like a, it's a concert that the, the insane clown posse do, but it's like the thing that it's like a pilgrimage, like Sturgis for, for juggalos. So the juggalos all come together and they all do meth together and they bone, you know, like, uh, is this confirmed? <laughs> yes. They, I watched a documentary on it in preparation for my role. Nice. And wow, like, you're fucking, you're Daniel Day Lewis Byron. I would love, so take it as a compliment. But, uh, so I watched, I was like doing research on it to one, to just get ideas for my costume, you know, cause there's weird stuff. And I, I, I ended up, I the other thing about Halloween too is, I like to do little slice of life. So like a juggler is a real thing. You know, like that's a real person. And as I found out on Halloween, there's more people that like the insane clown posse than you think. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I encountered many of them. They come up and be like, you're down with the clown? I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> um, I'm like literally wearing this to make fun of you and your people. And now I feel bad about it. Now yeah. that you're here like approaching me about it, uh, I feel kind of bad. Uh, yeah. So it's a really drug related thing. There's all kinds of like things that are really associated with them, but it's a fun I, thing. I wonder if those, cause there's two main dudes. It right? literally made me want to go to the, the, the gathering though. Yeah. I mean, I would go just I would to be see frightened, but it's like country fair, but like really weirder. Yeah. But I wonder if those guys appreciate it and like support it or if they're just like, man, Oh, like their people? The, the, the two main dudes. Oh, guarantee they do. You yeah. think so? Oh, yeah, they're all about it. Can you imagine starting something like that and then just like all the crazy people that would show up and start worshiping you, basically? You'd quit, though, if you didn't appreciate it. Like, uh, that, it just that's, a, that's a tale as old as time. You know, like where, you know, Kurt Cobain hated his most famous song. You know, like there's, there's lots of examples of that. Yeah. Where like, I'm sure Hanson... When they're asked to sing Umbop, I bet they're pissed. I'm so glad you brought up Hanson. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. When I was overseas, um, we had this little, you know, like you're living in these really uh, weird conditions, right? So, like, you're on, you're basically on a really small island most of the time. When you're not out on mission, you're on this little tiny island. And I'm talking about Iraq uh, as a, the Iraq War. 2004. So uh, you're basically in uh, FOB, Forward Operating Base, and it's just this little tiny thing with fences and guard towers around it, and you're on this little island, and you can't leave, and you, there's like no exploring because it's dangerous. You can't go out. You sure. get killed. Um, but so there's usually like a little PX if you're lucky, and they've got like a really small amount of things, and they're usually really weird and really like catered toward grunts you know like a bunch of dumb dudes yeah and so it's like a bunch of you know red man chewing tobacco and uh, you know pallets of slim jams for pussies <laughs> right yeah wintergreen but uh yeah and video games you know like in the beginning there wasn't any video games because we didn't have electricity and all that stuff that was like readily available and, but as the, as the deployment went on, you get a little bit more, you get a little bit more, and then eventually, you, you, you know, you have everything that you sort of need to want. I guess now we had electricity the whole time, but um, 
So as the deployment goes along, the amenities get better because the, the war effort is building. So where was I going with this? I don't know, but I'm glad you got into it because I knew we would at some point. Um, you were talking about Insane Clown Posse, but I could go back and we could start a little differently. Okay. Or you can continue with ICP. I don't remember where I was going with the island thing, like being trapped on an island. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. So I'll come back. I'll think of it later. Okay. So yeah, let's talk about it. All right. Um, you you went to high school in the Dallas, and then you finished up. And how soon after you graduated did you decide that is what you were going to do? The military? Yeah. I didn't. I I I uh, enlisted when I was seventeen. So okay. I I enlisted at seventeen and three days old, uh, my junior year of high school. Why? That's a really good question. Um, I wish I had a great reason. Partially uh, just being raised in that town and like the like general patriotism, America is awesome, you know, sort of mentality, which I still feel. Mm -hmm. um, and then just boredom and like not really having a rudder. Like I... I, f I did well in school, but I didn't really, like, have aspirations for going to, like, a big college because I'm, like, even as a kid, I was still, like, very uh, averse to debt, right? So, like, I didn't, I didn't I knew college was going to put me in debt forever, and I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So, uh, the idea of going to college seemed kind of stupid because I don't even know what I'm going for. Yeah. And I don't know, like... I don't know how smart I am, you know, like, I don't know, like, if I could be an engineer, you know, or like, I don't know what I could do. I don't yeah. know what my capabilities are. I've never challenged myself. Partially just because I was lazy, you know, as a kid. I don't think anybody knows when they're 18. Yeah. But so, uh, there's a guy that we went to school with, uh, that was into it and was, had been looking at the military all along. And I was kind of chumming around with him a lot at that time. And he basically said, hey, you know, like our birthdays were like three days apart, four days apart, um, five days apart. And so he's like, hey, you know, like we should go join the National Guard. And I was like, what's that? You know, like, because I don't know, you know. He's like, it's the, it's like the, you know, the Army National Guard. You did he, can. Did he sing you the know, song? <laughs> he's like, you know, like referencing the commercial. And yeah, I was like, sure. okay, like that's a thing that we can do. And he's like, he's like, yeah, they, you go down to the armory and, you know, you, it's like, it's the army, you know, like you join the army, but it's like one week in a month. And I was like, oh, okay. And he's like, you know, we turn 17 and we can get uh, our parents' signatures and we can, we can, we can join. And I was like, all right. And that was like literally all it was. You know, like that was like on a Friday. I turned 17 that Monday and I was in on Wednesday. So that's the cutoff is 17? Yeah. Well, I mean, seven, 17 is the earliest that you can join. See, I always thought it was 18. Yeah. You have to have a parent signature gotcha. at 17. Okay. But so I, I, my mom was like, what? You know, like, of course. She'd be like, well, what are you talking about? And you, I was would, like, you would never mention anything no, to her prior. never once. Never once. Okay. And, like, in three days, I was enlisted. But she was, like, she was proud. Yeah. You know, she's, like, my mom is, you know, pretty conservative person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's her father was in the military and her yeah. husband was in the military. So it makes sense. And uh, my older brother was talking about it. And I never even really considered it. But 
he, it's a weird story with him too. Like he, my, my brother is, uh, really smart and like, uh, took the ASVAB, got a perfect score. And so the military was like frothing at the mouth to get mm-hmm. him, you know, like, and he was like star athlete and all this stuff in high school. And he started talking to air force recruiters and they were like, dude, yeah, you're like, you'll be perfect. And he's like, let's do it. And then the recruiter never called him back. And that was it. And he never like called them. And he was like, well, I'll take that as a sign. I'll just go to college. Because he was smart and knew what he was going to do with his life. And, hey, you know, had all the support, you know, to, to go to college. And, you know, had a great GPA, good, good SAT score. So he was off, off and running. So he didn't end up joining. And then my 17th birthday comes around and I'm like in suddenly. And, and it was like, it was fucking cool, you know, like, you know, they give you a bunch of uniforms and you're like, oh, it's, this is weird. Um, and at that point I was doing like volunteer firefighting. So, uh, I was getting kind of tired of doing that. And so, um, I went over to the guard and went down to MEPS, which is like the enlistment center you enlist. And I was at drill that weekend. So like, like that's quick. Yeah. So like first thought Friday, (laughs) the week before or Friday or Sunday, Wednesday, I was raising my right hand. Jesus. And Friday, I was at drill. So, like, I was 17 and, and, like, six days old when I was at my first drill. And this was in the summer? No. This was during the school year? This was March. Okay. Yeah. So, like, my first drill was the first weekend after my birthday in March. And, and you know, like, you do these things, like, uh, you're kind of, like, in this in-between state, right? Oh, and the craziest thing is, so, like, you're how does this work, right? You're a junior in high school. Like, when are you going to go to basic training in AIT? So that's six months of training you got to do. But there's not six months that you have available in your life at that time because you're in school, you're a student. So what you do is you go to basic training in between your junior and senior summer, and then you go to AIT the summer after. And they call it split option training, which is weird. And so I... You do these few months and you're like, you know, you're walking around school. You're like, I'm in the National Guard, you know, like, this this is cool. But everybody hates you because you're like a dumb idiot, you know, (laughs) 17-year-old in your unit. And they're like, who's another new guy? You know, like, great. But uh, you don't know anything. You don't even know, like, you literally don't even know, like, what the military is because you haven't been to basic training. So you literally know nothing about the military. You're just walking around in a uniform with a bad haircut. You know, and so then uh, my uh, end of my junior year comes, uh, like like five days after uh, the end of school, I hop on an airplane, I fly to Oklahoma. And uh, if you're wondering, Oklahoma, not a nice place. That's what I hear. Yeah. So I, I remember it so vividly, getting, getting off uh, the airplane and just being like frightened. It's the first time I'd ever like left by myself, you know, like as a, like it was the first adult thing I'd ever done. And it's a pretty, pretty good one to like come in and do it. You know, like it's the, huge. that's a pretty big first thing to do. So I get off, uh, and the, the, the doors open the shh at the airport. And I just remember the Oklahoma, like humidity and heat just hit me like a fucking hammer to the face. It was just like, Oh, Oh, what? Oh, what's that? You know, like, because I've never left the Northwest. Mm-hmm. I went to Vegas once. 
when I was in seventh grade. And it was like March, you know. So I never felt southern heat. And it was it was oppressive. And so that was weird. And I was like, oh, this is going to suck because this is going to be hard. You know, like my recruiter didn't uh, – Sergeant Smith, if you're watching – you did a pretty good job not lying to me about what I was going to experience. He's like, it's going to be hard. It's going to suck, and you're going to get through it. You're in good shape. You're, you're going to do fine. You're 17. Yeah, you're 17. There's nothing that you that your body won't recover from. Yeah. Don't get shot. You know, like, don't shoot yourself. Um, and he was just straight up. It's going to be really hard. And he was right. It was really hard. Uh, but so you get, I, you get there, and then you go. Basic training is weird. Um, it's unlike anything. I heard you guys talking about with uh, with Farger a little bit, you know, just talking about basic training. Yeah, I can't remember who I talked to. Interest, about, interested I, to weigh in on it. I said that I wanted to try it just to see what it was like. You don't. No? No. It's still to this day the hardest thing I've ever done. Physically. Physically. And mentally. Probably. And mentally? Yeah. 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 Just for that three months when you were 17. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So th- th- it's, there's so many things. I've got a thousand stories from basic training. but So Go I'll ahead. just tell you the story. Go ahead. So... Um, you get off the plane, and then they take you in, and um, you know you're on the you're on the uh, the bus, you know, with a bunch of other guys that are going there for the first time, and and there are certain bases that do um, uh, co-ed, and Fort Sill is actually one of them, but I wasn't in one of those units, so it was an all male, and and they're usually tougher when they're all male because they can abuse you more. Because the the girls just can't physically do a lot of the stuff, sure. so they just and and you know it's probably like that stigma, that mental stigma. You know, like I'm not going to be that mean to a girl. Yeah, you know, like we're all trained to do that. Yeah, not not downplaying what the female service. You know, I'm yeah. sure it's hard in the same. You know, it's hard too, but um, physically, it's definitely harder when you're in an all male. Um, so you get there and you go to this place called reception, and you do a week in reception. And so, like, it's kind of before you get to real basic training. So there's drill sergeants there, but they're not the same. These are guys that are, like, they're they're more chill. They want, like, you to get a little bit into, like, you're, you're basically just getting the things that you need to get. So they issue you your boots and, like, a bunch of these things. And I brought a couple of uniforms because I was from the guard. But most people get, like, all their stuff uh, right then and there at reception. So you get all your uniforms, you get like processed through that. You get a shitload of shots and like all kinds of stuff and you do PT and stuff in the morning, but it's not hard. And so you're like, okay, this is not going to be that bad. You know, like it's hot. It's really hot. It's miserable here, but, uh, this isn't that bad. Basic training is not that hard. And, um, you're just kind of getting the first indoctrination into like what it is to be in basic training. And so, like, you're in this big building with, you know, like, 600 people, and uh, you're there for a week. And so that kind of comes and goes in a blur. You know, you don't sleep much, no, no matter where you are in basic training, um, even in reception. They wake you up early. They're getting you used to it, you know, and getting you climatized. You're, you're getting through your jet lag and stuff sure. like that from wherever you're coming from. And so, like, the day comes where... Uh, we're going to go to like real basic training where your basic training, the A-Wigs is going to start. And, you know, they call it Hell Week. I'm sure they call it that in the Navy SEALs, and I'm sure it's much worse. 
in, for them, but they call it Hell Week in the Army too. So your first week is usually the worst, and then you and then it kind of tapers down. And is that because they want to weed out the people who can't make it? How many people quit? I don't know if you can quit. Really, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you can, but. Um, they like want you to mentally quit and they want you to physically quit so that they can hurt you more. You know, yeah. like that's kind of the way it is. Um, I don't know. I'm sure there are people that just say, Hey, guess what? Fuck you. Like, I'm not going to do it. I'll take a dishonorable just discharge over this, but that didn't happen. Um, well, let me go back. So last night in reception, um, you have this thing called Firewatch, which is just a ridiculous, like, thing from the past that you still do to this day in the army uh where it's you leave a couple people up during the night and you're just walking around with a flashlight you know just making sure nobody's jerking off or choking in their bed or something (laughs) it's just it's just one more level of stupid unnecessary punishment that they do like what's going to catch on fire yeah you know in a big building full of dudes nobody can even smoke you can't smoke in basic training so um, you're walking around with a flashlight, and it, my shift was like, and I was, for one, I was pissed. It was like, I want to get a good night's sleep tonight, but of course I've got Firewatch. So you're up for like two hours, and then somebody, then you go wake somebody else up, and then they stay up for two hours. And uh, you're probably pretty nervous to go to basic training the next day. So mine is like the, like, like f- uh, one to three session you know like a fire watch so i get waking up i get woken up and uh i'm walking around for like an hour and i go into the latrine it's the bathroom and there are these big rooms and i see this guy laying on the floor i was like oh fuck what's this and there's a pool of blood like starting to surround him you know like big pool of blood and i'm like oh fuck this is what's happening and i walk in dudes the dudes cut his wrists and and I'm like, whoa, you know, like, never seen anything like this before. I'm, you know, like 17, very young still. And so I immediately, like, dive onto, you know, his hands. I'm, like, covering up his wrists, you know, like, putting pressure on, you know, like, whatever I saw in ER. You know, I'm just, like, holding it. I'm, like, shouting, you know, like, to get people to come help. I'm like, hey, 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 somebody come in here, come in here, come in here. And, like, people come in and, they, like, first guy walks in, he sees the blood and passes out. <laughs> and so i'm like okay you're not helping like second casualty now to deal with uh third guy or second guy comes in and he, i'm like hey come here grab, grab pressure on this guy i'm gonna go get drill sergeant um because i'm the guy that's responsible for firewatch right so i'm like the guy that should be the one to go deal with this situation uh so he he takes over grabbing pressure on this guy and the guy's already like turning white you know, he's a lot of blood. He's lost a lot of blood very quickly. So I run out like I'm in, I'm in like barefoot in my uh, army PT uniform because you don't wear normal clothes in basic training at all. You're always in some form of uniform. So I'm in my PTs, which is the physical training uniform. And there are these little gray shorts and little gray t-shirt. So I run and I'm like, oh, I'll set off the fire alarm. Then somebody will come. So I run and I set off the, the emergency exit which i think is the fire alarm and the alarm starts going off and i'm doing that like dance in place you know like yeah now what do i do you know like and then after like three minutes the alarm just goes off and i'm like 
nobody came. And I'm like, fuck, nobody's going to come. So I just like, I, I ran out the, the fire escape and went down to the, the, like the lawn. There's like a big, like uh, parade field. And I go like sprinting across. It's like football field. I'm like as fast as I can run barefoot, you know, like burst, burst into this door of like fresh people that are arriving at, uh, at reception. And this so, is two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Two o'clock in the morning. So I burst in and like, it's a bunch of guys and desks, you know, like with their hair, they haven't even gotten haircuts yet or anything. They're like straight off the bus. They're the guys that are going to replace us, uh, in these bunks. So I burst in, I'm like, blood all over you. Yeah. I've got blood all over my hands, you know, like, um, blood on my, on my PTs. And I'm just like, and everybody just like, does this like, holy shit. You know, like, look, like what is happening to this guy? Why is he so winded? You know, like, did he just run a marathon, you know? Yeah. But I was just out of shape. I <laughs> just sprinted like 150 yards as fast as I could. Yeah. I just, so I'm like, throws our uh, guy in the, in the latrine is, he got his wrist. And I don't know what to do. And he's like, fuck. And the drill sergeant just goes, like it happens once a week or something. Well, I don't know. He's just a broken man. Yeah. You know, like, he's like, fuck. All right. And he's like, all right, show me where it is. And like, so we walk out and everybody's just like looking at each other like, oh, damn, what have I done? <laughs> you know, like, what have I done? I was like, ah. and I'm like still in that like, let's go. And he's just slow walking the whole way there. And I'm just like prancing in place you know like let's go let's go the guy's like i already wasted three minutes waiting for something to happen at the like the fire escape which nothing happened and so like time is of the essence you know like i i know blood only stays in your body for so long uh with pressure this guy needs medical help so he walks in like slowest amount of time passage as i'm like really wanting him to hurry and he's refusing to do it uh, this guy's a fucking asshole, by the way. Uh, I don't know who you are, but you're an asshole. Uh, we get there. First thing he does, he starts dressing the dude down, right? He's just like... What does that mean? Just like he's yelling at him. Yelling at the guy. He's like on the verge of like losing consciousness on the ground. He's like, you fucking idiot. Like, you don't even know how to cut your wrist right. Look, you, don't you know that it, you need to cut up? And he's telling him like how he could have cut his wrists better. And I'm just like, holy shit. You know, like... Never experienced anything like this, you know, like it's just weird. Um, so we get him into they call 911. There's no phones, also, by the way, there's no phones anywhere in basic training because, like, there's pay phones when you get to the real basic training, but you're not allowed to use phones without permission. So, uh, it's a, it's a privilege, so everything's a privilege to do, and there are no phones, or else I would have just called 911, but um, so yeah, so uh. They pick the dude up, they put him in the ambulance, and they're like, you there, private, you're coming with me. And I'm like, we need statements. And I was like, oh, okay. And I'm like, here we go. Yeah, here we go. Going to the hospital. So now I've been up since 1 in, in the morning, right? I'm thinking, fuck, I'm going to miss my bus in, tomorrow. I'm going to be here for another goddamn week. So I spend all... You're supposed to leave the next day to go to the next 6 day. 6 a.m. Yeah, I'm supposed to leave at 6 a.m. to go to basic training. Gotcha. So I ba- basically went to bed at like 10 and slept for three hours. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, I'm at the hospital filling out statements and blah, blah, blah. Finally, drill sergeant, uh, we get ready. It's like five. You know, they've in-processed the guy. They got all my statements. They drive me back. And it's like 5.45 by the time we get back because it's a, it's a ways to the hospital. So um, <clears throat> we get back and uh, I walk in at like 5.45 back to the barracks and everybody's all lined up. They've got all their gear. It's all, everybody's in formation out front. All their shit's like packed, neatly packed in duffel bags and it's like they're ready to go. They've been up since forever, you know, like packing, getting ready to go. And drill sergeant's like, you've got two minutes to pack your shit because you're getting on that bus. And I was like, oh, fuck. So I, like, sprint upstairs in, like, you know, high-pressure situation. I'm on no sleep. I just, like, rat-fuck everything into my <laughs> into my duffel bag. Because, one, in, in, when you're in basic training, they make you ar- arrange your locker in a certain way, right? Sure. And, like, you have a ton of gear. So, like, when you pack your bags, it has to be packed a certain way to, like, work. Like, it's like if you're backpacking in Europe, right? Like you don't just throw your shit in the bag. Yeah. You got to kind of neatly pack it and it's got to be organized and all this stuff. But I'm just like throwing it in because I got two minutes. Yeah. So like my shoes are like in the poking out of the sides and and uh, like I've I tied my uh, laundry bag to like my duffel bag. I've got two duffel bags and a laundry bag and these duffel bags are like 50 pounds a piece. It's like, like 100 pounds of gear. Plus my laundry bag that's like tied to it because I I wasn't going to take two trips. So I pile everything in, unload my locker. I'm sure I forgot my toothpaste and my toothbrush or whatever. You know, I was just getting the fuck out of there. Got dressed in my uniform as quick as I could. Uh, go down to formation and everybody's like piling onto these what they call cattle cars, right? And they're like literally they look like like something that you'd haul cattle in. It's not a school bus. It's not a school bus. It's a standing like uh, like horse trailer kind of but for people they use them in the military is that intentional or is that a a cost thing it's just psychological no it's just utilitarian i think it's just something that can haul a lot of dudes yeah with a lot of shit yeah and so like there's like poles that you can like kind of hang on to like on on the train right but um so we pile on i'm like the last one on and i'm like fucking all stressed out because i've been up all night anyways so we get you know, pulling over and, and it's it's oppressively hot already. It's like s- six in the morning. It's already super hot, and uh, you're in there with all these dudes, like super packed together. Like you're 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 crushing each other. Like they they have to push the doors closed to like smash you all because you got two duffel bags, and those are big. You know, like duffel bags are like this tall. Yeah. So um, you get there, and we pull up to basic training, and this is what they call the shark attack, right? This is when all the drill sergeants in the entire battalion come together to fuck you up. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Yeah. So they, you pile off and immediately dudes like in your face, like, you're good, you're fucking okay, you're okay, you're okay, you're the fucking formation, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like scared. I'm like legitimately scared. And I, you know, I'm like the first one off because I was the last one on, right? They open up these big back gates and they're like on me, like, stank on shit mm-hmm. I'm like why is your shit so fucked up looking and i'm like drill sergeant like but and they're like shut the fuck up and like they're yelling in my face like and they're like you're your shit you look so ate up you look like a piece of shit you're fucked up get down get down like get over there get get, get down on your front lane arrest you know like it's push-up position so they're on me like there's like four dudes on me like they just spot they pulled me out of the ground because i look like i'm fucked up 
Because <laughs> I am. Because you are. Yeah. And it's not my fault, but I also yeah. can't explain it. Well, ex- yeah. excuse me, drill sir. I think you should go easy on me because yeah. I was up all night in a very emotional state. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're just yelling in my face. They don't let you talk. So, like, they, they ask you a question. Then when you respond, they yell into your face again. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I'm like, you know, like really, really, like really questioning my life decisions at this point. I'm like, oh, my God, this sucks. Like, and you uh, still have blood on you. No, I was able to wash up at the hospital. Okay. Yeah. But um, <laughs> that would be a little weird, different, you know. Like, <laughs> but so I'm wearing my regular uniform. I was able to change into my, okay. my boots and, and uniform at this okay. point. But, um, so we get there, and uh, they're just on me. There's, it's, there's four guys standing around me just all yelling at me different commands to do different things and I'm like trying to do them all and they're like they have you like kind of open up your stuff and lay out your gear because they do a quick inventory of everything that you have to make sure that you have everything that you need to succeed in basic training and if you lose something you know good luck to you yeah don't lose anything but so I'm like trying to get my stuff out and everybody else's stuff's all neatly rolled, and they, they like, have a, an example in the front of how, how they want you to lay it out. And everybody's, like, prepared for that, except for me. I'm just, like, a clusterfuck, like a walking clusterfuck. And so, like, I can't even get my laundry bag, like, untied. It's, like, this tight rope. And because it weighed so much, it was pulling tight the knot. Yeah. Because I had to tie it to the other bags. And I can't get the knot untied. And they're screaming in my ears, you know, like, I'm just like, oh, oh, little child, you know, like. And they're probably just like, oh, let's fuck this guy up. He's a little yeah. kid. Let's, let's kill him. <laughs> and uh, so eventually you get through it. There's like a little ceremonial thing where they like, they smoke you for your first like thing. And they make you do like 30 push-ups, and it's nothing. And I'm like, okay, well, that wasn't so bad. It wasn't fun. And I wish it would have gone better for me. But uh, it wasn't so bad. But then, then the real stuff happens. Like once, because they're filming it for like, they make a video. They make a little video for you. still like of your experience in basic training. So there's like a little videographer that kind of follows you around for big events. So like you do like the pugil sticks, you know, like American Gladiators. Like when you fight with the pugil sticks, there's a guy like videoing. Okay, time out though. Yeah. The, how many people are at, at this portion of basic training? So there's four, four companies and about 50, 50 per company. So 200 people. Or, I'm sorry, four platoons and 50 per per platoon so 200 people there's not 200 cameramen no no there's probably like four or five cameramen just walking around like filming but they're trying to document each and every person so they can give it to you later no just an overall experience of your group okay so like when you watch the video you may see yourself in the background like once or twice i see Uh, or you know unless you're in some way uh like shown in Mm -hmm. front but you know they they don't the video is 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 like a, a keepsake. They want to sell it to you. They sell it. Yeah, yeah. You have to pay for it, right? Yeah. Um, How much was it? I think it was fifteen dollars. Did you buy it? I did. Yeah. <laughs> fifteen dollars. Right. Jesus. And they give you a little Christ. yearbook that you can buy. Um, <laughs> yeah. This is not fucking summer camp. It kind of is. <laughs> it kind of is. <laughs> it kind of is. And it's and it's. For everybody that's been to basic training, it's one of the most memorable things of your whole life. Obviously. Yeah. So like. For a different reason for you. Yeah. And and I would say uh, for the most part, it was overall a positive experience. It's like that first part really sucked. 
But so like we get there and so the cameras go away and then they're like, hey, 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 now we got you. Now the cameras are off. Now we can fuck you up. And so like you're thinking, oh, like it's like they released you to your barracks, you know, to get like moved in. (laughs) No, 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 no. They, They no joke. They smoked us for four hours. And what they call smoking is like just exercise. So for four straight hours, as soon as we got there, uh, we did the first little thing, the little uh, like uh, scripted thing for the camera. Then the cameras all go away, and then they have you. Yeah. And these guys are these guys are the real deal. These guys are assholes. Yeah. And these are I don't know like what kind of person it takes, or like what you have to do mentally to turn into this person. But drill sergeants are evil. They truly are. They are like, you see when you get to the end that they're real people, but you don't like, for the most part, there's like one or two guys out of maybe 12 or 15 drill sergeants that you have. Uh, One or two show a little humanity and the rest are just villains. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty interesting experience. So do you do you think that it benefited you in in a positive way in that it prepared you for capture by the Taliban or I mean like it, do you think that their their ultimate goal is to fuck you so hard that no one else can, can break fuck you? you like that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's the theory I think. But that's, do you think some some of them kind of get into it a little bit too much and like enjoy it? You'd have to. Yeah. Or else you'd go home and cry yourself to sleep. You can't be that mean. Yeah. Like, and not want to be that mean. Yeah. It takes a special kind of person <laughs> to be that mean. Like, so, I, I'm not capable of doing that. Like, you you couldn't pay me any amount. I wouldn't. I can't get to that level. Yeah. Like, I'm a too nice of a person yeah. to be on that side of it. Well, I want to keep going down this vein. But that's that's what's so interesting to me is that I know you... As a kind, caring, loving, awesome individual, and to understand that that was part of your past and that it was something you had to go through, it doesn't associate with your personality. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and I was always kind of a, I was a square peg, you know, in the military. I was definitely that guy that's different than most people. I mean, yeah. you'd run into a couple guys like yourself uh, along the way, but. I was the soft-hearted guy, you know, like, and even when I made rank, like, I was still the guy who was nice to their privates, you know, like, yeah, I was just, the, it's just my personality. I'm not going to be mean. I don't have that. Well, yeah, you, you probably run into a bunch of people who were just there to fucking shoot, to shoot and kill people. Like, some, some hardcore people that just want to, to, to destroy and create chaos, right? You mean like that's the reason they wanted to join in the first yeah, place? They was just, they wanna they wanna go and they wanna see combat, they wanna yeah. do crazy shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean there are people that think that's what they want. Yeah. There Until are, they do it. Right. And yeah. a lot of the time those guys are the guys who shell up and turn into like you know, Mellish mm-hmm. on Saving Private Ryan. I was just gonna say yeah, yeah. Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. You know, like they, they just turn into that guy that like is a f- like so afraid mm-hmm. because they're they're playing this like uh, this character mm-hmm. their whole life of this tough guy or whatever. Yeah, I saw I saw that several times actually. Mm-hmm. Guys that were like the people that were like the you know this is this is this is a no longer cool term and I already used the the F word earlier today so I'm just 
put this out there, then I'll approve of these. But they call them gear queers in the in the army, or at least they used to. Mm-hmm. The guys that like show up with their own shit, mm-hmm. like they bought, like they want to look cool. They've got their own like custom shit. Like the, the army issued stuff isn't good enough. They're, it's not up to their level. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've always got like a bunch of attachments on their rifle and shit that like that's not army issued. Mm-hmm. They invest in it. Um, and then they get there and they realize that it's not what they thought. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, it isn't what you think. It just isn't. War, like specifically war, you can't, if you enjoy yourself when you're there, you're, you're, you're a sociopath. Yeah. You know, like that's, there's nobody that's like, this is cool or this is a good thing. You know, there's. <sighs> there are people though. And there's so many directions we can go with this right now. So I want to try to stay focused with what I'm trying to do, but there are a lot of people who become accustomed to going and doing that. And then they come back home and they can't, they can't live a normal life because they not necessarily enjoy it, but they, that becomes their home. Right. And people want to go back. That's everybody. Is it? Yeah. I mean, you you don't want to go back. No, but I did for a yeah. long time. Yeah. I mean, not that's that's not really true, but like you, I call it like the uh, like when you come back and you just don't ha- you you just don't fit in the world anymore. Yeah. Because you went through this weird thing that nobody else did. Yeah. You know, especially in the early days. You know, like now we're used to seeing like veterans. You know, like veterans have that's been a big part of our country's history for a long time. You know, like there's way more veterans than now than there were in 2004, 2005 when we got back. Um, so yeah, I mean, we were a bunch of young guys that didn't that didn't work in the world anymore. Like you come back and you're you're too fucked up to like to like have jobs. Yeah, you can't you can't have a job. You're too messed up. Like you have too many things that are that don't work in the world. Like it's weird. And and that's why so, like suicide rates so high and like and people just they just jump on another deployment because it's the thing that makes sense to do. It's a specialized skill right. that only exists in in that vein. You can't come back here and be a trained assassin, right? It, you maybe could, but it's tough to find that job. Mm-hmm. I was actually approached by uh, uh, Blackwater when I came back. Uh, I got a phone call out of blue from somebody with Blackwaters, like the mercenaries. They're basically mercenaries okay. to go back overseas, you know, as a private contractor. And I was like, ah, no, I don't really want to be a murderer for my job. <laughs> you know, like, because that's what those guys do is they just drive around in Jeeps and shoot people. Like, you know, like, that's not what I want. Okay. So like, if, as if I'm not already fucked up enough. Like, I'm at least doing it for uh, what I, I believed was a cause that was meaningful. Okay, so let's go down that path. But first I need to say, what happened to the guy that slid his wrist? Did he make it? He lived, yeah. He lived? He lived. Um, yeah, they, they treated him, and, and uh, I'm sure he got a medical discharge and went home. Okay. So probably best for him, because if you make that decision on that night, you know, you're you're obviously not mentally prepared to go. But so that goes back to where you were saying you can't leave. That was his way of leaving because he couldn't just walk away. I mean, is it is it like a shame thing? You can't say I need to quit because the shame is just too much or you literally cannot leave. 
Well, the fact that I don't know if you can leave or not is kind of a is kind of like a, uh, an indicator that I, I didn't see it. You know, you don't see it happen. They don't let you quit. You can't. I mean, like, I'm sure there are ways. If you just straight up stood there and they kept yelling at you and kept, uh, like, saying, you know, like, you got to do it. And you're like, no. Like, they're, they're not going to kill you. Yeah. They can't kill you. <laughs> but, you know, they might hit you. Yeah. You know, they might. They they want to do everything they can to shame you into staying. Right. Yeah, or, yeah. Maybe or, not shame. Or the but. worst thing that can happen is they recycle you, which means that you do it all again. And that was always the ultimate fear is because unless you were hurt to the point where you have to get medically discharged um, or you get a Section 8 psychological discharge, like I'm sure that guy did, um, you, don't, you don't get to leave. So if you quit, the only thing that happens is you start over. And you do it again. Which is even worse. That's so much worse. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, there's no real option to quit. I'm, so. There is. I'm, I'm not saying, like, it's a prison because there is an option. But a dishonorable discharge fucks your life up to the point where, like. Well, and so. You can't, you can't recover it. from there's that. There's, like, 20 different ways this can go. Um, oh, so, uh, what uh, what was your incentive for doing it was it patriotism was it a, a financial incentive was it like what i mean i know you said that you just did it kind of off the cuff like out of the blue whatever but like what what attracts people to do that it's all kinds of different reasons you know like for me i i would say patriotism was really my my number one thing mm -hmm. you know like just the urge to serve this was this was directly after 9-11, we should say. It was right before. Oh, it was before? Yeah. Seriously. This was 2000, March of 2000. Holy shit. Yeah. So you were even more, where were you at for 9-11? That would probably I, solidified I, everything. I just, I, I was home from AIT for like a couple of days. So like AIT is the, like, you got basic training and then you have AIT. That was your senior year, your senior summer. Correct. Because you were a senior when that happened. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was home for a few days uh, when 9-11 happened from AIT. So like I was in full brainwash mode still. Like when you come out of basic training, you are like truly like they're like, they like you need to kill your mother. You'd probably be like, mm, you could talk me into it. <laughs> you know, like I don't want to, but if you say she's a terrorist, then I guess I'm, I got to do it, right? I mean. Holy shit. You are true. Uh, there is no more like effective brainwashing technique that is legal and utilized so what is what is your overall opinion of the united states i know there's different branches i don't know how to say the war engine air force navy military what what is your opinion of the the entire thing uh in what way well i just mean like you, like do i think it's good for people or bad for people yeah. or um i think it's good for people yeah, I do. I think there. I think it's a job, um, and it creates lots of opportunities for lots of people, okay. especially people that don't have guidance, that don't have things going for them in their lives. Like, I'm. I had a. I had a loving parent. You know, loving parents. Uh, you know, I have. I have. We weren't real, especially poor. Uh, you know, or middle class people. 
mm-hmm. and I was smart. I could have went to college if I chose to. I was, did well enough in high school. Like, I could have just not done it. Um, but the, like, I always say it's, like, the, the, the best mistake I ever made. Okay. That's how I kind of talk about it. Because it's, like, yeah, I will have mental consequences from that shit for my whole life, forever. Okay. From deployment. Uh, and and just from just being in the military in general. Well, uh, I have a friend, and you you know who he is too. He's probably your friend as well. Um, he he went to he wanted to become a helicopter pilot, and he went to a school in Florida, and he got some DUIs, and he he fucked up a bunch of ways. He the only out for him was to join service mm-hmm. because they said that they would pay for all of his college they would pay off his he had like a hundred thousand dollars in debt they said that we'll pay it off you join with us you do this you go this direction we'll take care of it right so that was his incentive right and now he i'm going to speak for him but i i think he would say it's been a positive thing for him and yeah. he, he he thinks it's, it's good mm-hmm. but at that point in his life he chose that direction just because they offered to pay off his college debt. Right. It's kind of joining for the wrong reasons, but like, what's his alternative? You know, like what could he do? Yeah. And, and that's probably like 80% of who joined the military are people that are in situations like that where they're like, you know, from the inner city, you know, and they, they're just trying to get the fuck out, you know, like they're trying to get out of that life. And it's, and it's just a, it's a plane ticket out. Yeah. And, and literally, it changes your whole life. It flips your life upside down and changes it in in a hundred percent. Like if you go into the active military, your old life's gone. Yeah, you have a new life. Yeah, it's like it's like the witness protection program, <laughs> except for worse. Is your real name Jesse yeah. Byron? <laughs> it is. And the National Guard <laughs> is different, you know. Like so, like well, see, that's the thing I'm kind of confused about is because you join the National Guard, but then you became a part of the U.S. military. Well, the Army is the same. Uh, National Guard is a is a is a part of the army. See, I thought it was like a, a state thing that every other weekend you volunteered. It is okay, but it's you know you have they call it big army, right? You got big army, which is active duty army, and then you have army reserve and and army National Guard. Excuse me. Um. Uh, uh, Perfect. That's beer. Uh, <laughs> drinking beer. Um, so yeah. So you got these three parts of the army, right? And and the reservists are like the scrubs that nobody likes, you know, because we're all fat and lazy. <laughs> and uh, and then there is the active army that thinks they're better. Yeah. And they are, you know. But they're better at being soldiers because they do it every day. Yeah. We are. We are. You know, weekend warriors. We do it. Mm-hmm. You know, one weekend a month and a few weeks. You know, during the summer and. Uh, usually like a week of training mixed in there. Okay. So you don't do that much training, really. But you work hard, and you learn everything you need to learn. And really, the job's not that hard. But so you, you go, and you, and you when you go to a deployment, you're right there next to the 101st Airborne. But you joined the National Guard and became a part of the military. It's the same. It's the same. Yeah, they're okay. the same. Okay. I mean, you raise your hand at MEPS in the National Guard, same as you do... The regular army, same as the Coast Guard next to you, same as the Air Force next okay. to you. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. And to go back to your question about like how I feel about the military, like it's mixed. You know, I, I think it was good for me. It was good for a rudderless child. 
Uh, it messed up a lot of parts of my life for a long time, but it gave me opportunities that I would never have. Sure. You know, like I probably would have went to college and got a fucking degree in psychology and worked at Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'd be the same amount of smart I am now, except just with no great job. And like my job, I work for uh, the Department of Energy. So like I work for the government and that is possible because I'm a veteran. You are unique though, because you, your brain is different. You have compassion mm. and emotion. And like I said earlier, like I don't associate you with that life, although it was a part of your life and everything that you are now has been affected by it. Mm-hmm. you're you and I, I don't see like the stereotypical stuff that comes from that coming out in you you know what I mean well we didn't see each other for a while too yeah you know like I was I was just as fucked up as all those other guys you know like for a long time mm-hmm. I mean I went to therapy for years yeah you know, did took medication and all kinds of stuff, you know, like it was fucked up. You can't not be fucked up, especially if you have that compassion and you have that empathy, like there's no way not to be, mm-hmm. you know, like messed up from it. The well, yeah. people that aren't messed up, you got to worry about those guys. Yeah. When they come back and they're just like, well, back to work at the lumber mill, mm-hmm. you know, just go back to work. Well, yeah. And, they're and perfectly functional, like. What's wrong with you, man? In a a different one of these episodes, one of the ones that I did by myself, I talked about a guy who actually killed someone in civilian life. Mm -hmm. And he was a part of the National Guard Mm -hmm. and definitely had some serious issues. Yeah. Uh, Some PTSD or um, I don't know. I, I didn't really elaborate on all that stuff with him. I think a lot a lot of people that go over there and do that, they bring it back and some get help and they figure it out and some don't. Yeah. There was a, there was a guy in my, uh, in my, uh, company that came back and killed somebody, you know, and he was on the cover of stars and stripes. Yeah. He was, uh, he was the very first person to get off of a murder charge on, uh, psychological for PTSD. Really? So a little history there for, uh, for the Oregon Army National Guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was on the cover of Stars and Stripes. It's crazy. Like, he, he actually, like, went and, like, premeditated murdered this guy and shot him execution style on, on the lawn, on his front lawn, and got, like, went to a, a medical hospital for a couple of years, and that's it. Yeah, and see, I, I, I don't want to... Which, for- that's bullshit, by the way, I think. I, I don't want to forgive that in any circumstance. You should never... You should never take someone else's life in, unless it's a self-defense situation. Right. But <clears throat> I can't speak for you or anyone else who's gone over there and done those types of things. That affects you in a certain way that, like, I don't even know if that's really you. Right? Yeah. And you and you look at, like, and it affects everybody so differently. Right? So, like, uh, you look at the guy that sat in a Humvee next to me every day, you know, uh, we did the same thing every day together and we we're just fucked up differently. Yeah. You know, like there's just no, like our brains are so complex and like our emotional state is so different. Uh, there's just no way that, which is why applying like 
blanket statements to veterans is like ridiculous. Yeah. Because you you can't, you know, like there's no way to it's it's just like everything that you try to apply to everybody. It's like standardized testing in school. For sure. It's like it's fucking stupid because yeah. every kid's different. Every kid learns differently. Every kid has different abilities. Every kid has strengths. And maybe it's not a written test that their strengths are, you know, like, and applying a blanket thing to like everyone is, it's necessity because we don't have a better way. Uh, but like the same thing, of like when veterans come home, right, they, they're all, they're all messed up in some way. If you're not, God bless you. You're like, cool. I'm really happy for you. But most people do come back and have some form of problems. Yeah. Um. Just because of the stress, you know, like when you're out, you're on mission, every single second of that day you can die. And when you go home, when you're on the FOB, rockets are coming in and hitting all night, all day. Even when you're like in your safe place that's protected, there's rockets and mortars coming into the FOB, blowing shit up. So like at any moment of any day, you could die. Mm-hmm. You know, it could hit your, it could hit where you're sleeping, and then you're dead. And you're conscious of that all the time. Of course, yeah. How you can't, you can't not be. And so when you come back, and eventually you just get dead-eyed about it. And so when you come back and you're here, I mean, I'm sure it was probably more intense for the first few years. Do you ever just hear a car backfire and like oh, freak Fourth out? Of July is just a fucking nightmare. Yeah. I try to get out of town on which 4th is, of July. Which is so insane because it's that's... It's the patriotic day, exactly, right? Exactly, that it's you celebrate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 a terrible. I hate that day. Even now. Still now. 15 years later. Yeah. I can't stand it. Yeah, it's it's awful. Uh, I usually try to leave town. I try to go, like, camping or get out of, out of the city. Mm-hmm. Because Vancouver, holy fuck, it, it is a straight-up war zone. In, like, my neighborhood. Because it's, like, a nice neighborhood. So a lot of people have, like... Kids are selling popsicles. It's, like, like a lot of liquid income, you know, and these old folks. And they just just set them off just for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And it's, like, three days before and five days after. Mm -hmm. It's just going off, like, all all day and all night. And the irony of that. I'm just a puffed-up cat, like, for the first part of July. I never thought about that. That is very ironic. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. And and every once in a while, like a balloon or something. But really, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty mostly, for the most part, good. So, so you, did, you did basic training. And how many actual tours to Iraq did you do? Just one. Just one? Well, they consider it a back-to-back because it was an 18-month deployment. 18 months? Yeah, it was long. You lived in Iraq. Well, no, 18. 12 months in Iraq, okay. 18 months lead up, or like a, that's pre and post-deployment. So from, do you know what day it was? That we started? That you were in Iraq. Uh, it was November. November something, what year? 2004. 2004 to November something, 2005. Right. Yep. In the, in the desert of Iraq, mm-hmm. in a tent? Uh, no. No, we had these things called uh, chews. They're a containerized housing unit. Okay. And you'd live in there with a bunch of sweaty dudes. And it was hot as balls yeah. all day long. Yeah. There are, are there scorpions and... Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, camel spiders, scorpions, all of it. Yeah. 
It's just a fucking nightmare part of the world, man. <laughs> Why does anybody it's live like, there? It's like fucking Australia. <laughs> no, it's not that bad. It's not as bad as Australia. But there's all kind of like the camel spiders. Like you, I'm sure you've seen them on the internet. Those things are fucking real and they're huge. Mm, I mean, they can get that big. Yeah. I didn't see any that were that big. Mm-hmm. Probably the biggest one I saw was probably like the size of my hand. Mm-hmm. But that's a big fucking spider. That's big. And they're not even spiders, actually. Well, no? <laughs> let me put on my science oh, hat here. Oh, let's do it. They are uh, scorpions, actually. They are a type of scorpion. They're called wind scorpions. And wh- how do you designate spider versus scorpion? Uh, it's not an arachnid. Huh. So it's, it's, so it it's didn't in have the eight scor- legs. It's in the scorpion family. Okay. But camel spiders are fucking filthy, gross animals, right? They, they like, they have like this fucking predator mouth. <laughs> They've got like a, a mandible. Yeah. That just like opens up like predator. Ugh. Wow. Still. Ugh. Okay. Quick, quick story. <laughs> so we had this, uh, when you're out in the middle of the desert, the army has these radios, right? That they have to maintain and they're secured so uh you can't just get on the phone because then potentially somebody could hear your conversation yeah um and nobody in iraq would be able to do that but we still we fight as if we're fighting the most technologically advanced society on earth and the 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 military spends to be ahead of the other country's technology that's why we you know spend more money on the military than literally anything else. Different topic altogether. We'll talk about that. But, um, yeah, that's fucked up. But, um, so, we have these radios, but they only go so far. It's, it's a radio. So, you know, you, you, you have to have, like, line of sight for a certain amount of time. And so, they've got these things called uh, retrans stations. So, what it is, is you have a big antenna on the top of a hill in the middle of the desert. And there's a person that sits out there with a radio and they relay messages. So like Kirkuk, uh, we have uh, messages that need to get from Kirkuk to Tikrit, for example. And you have somebody sitting on the top of it and they can't reach. A A physical person at the base of the tower with another radio. Correct. Okay. And so what they do is those two radios can't reach each other so they stick a guy uh, in the middle to sit next to a giant antenna and then to create will talk and then they'll get the message and then they will relay it yeah to kirkuk or to create whatever one i said first so obviously in a combat area you can't just leave that guy out there alone so you take a crew of guys and it's usually just people that are you know, like need some rest um, and you stick them out there, right? So um, it's usually a rotation and uh, they, they'd put, so like, I think, so it'd be about, they're about like seven to 10 days. So, and it's like. That's a long time. It is a long time. And so you're sitting on the top of a hill, middle of the desert, and it's hot as balls, right? Or cold as balls, you know, whatever the situation is. But. A lot of time, hot as balls. And balls are involved. Yeah, balls are involved. And your ice runs out after a day because it's 110, 115, 120 degrees at times. So you got cold water for a day. And the rest of the time, you're just drinking 
blazing hot water mm. to stay cool. <laughs> and But it's usually like seven or eight guys, and you, you have three guys that are on constant guard, so you stick them in a foxhole on the corners, and they just look out at the empty desert, you know. And, uh, yeah. So one night, I'm laying there, and I'm listening to my mp3 player which by the way my laptop died like the third day because the just the dirt and the dust got in it and it just like was like can't handle this yeah and it just fucking went kaput and uh that was it and so the music that i had on my mp3 player was the music i had on my mp3 player for the whole time and back in those days you had like a 512 you know, like megabyte. Yeah, you got like nine songs. Yeah, I had like two albums and one <laughs> like or like I had a Ben Folds album, and then just some random shit. Mm-hmm. You know, like. And this was for like six months. <laughs> for a year, yeah. For a year, yeah. So, oh god, I have my MP3 player and I'm, it's batteries, so like I can just switch the batteries out. But I'm sitting there listening to Ben Folds for the ten millionth time. Shout out to Ben Folds. Uh, you, your, the your, troops. your music will always remind me of uh, the war zone, which I'm sure that's not common for him. But so I'm laying there, and you sleep. You're up on this top of this hill in the middle of the desert, and you're in a tent. And uh, I'm laying on my cot, and it's just it's so hot, so you can't sleep, you can't sleep. And and I'm just laying on my cot, laying on top of my sleeping bag in my underwear. You know, just like oh fuck, it's so hot listen to my mp3 player and we've got these uh mosquito nets mm-hmm. that go up and kind of keep you safe from the bugs because bugs are all all over the place in the desert and mice and all kinds of shit and so i'm laying there laying on my cot it's like probably like one in the morning and suddenly i feel something land on my face just and it it felt like like the weight of like a half dollar you know like the weight like what that would equivalent weight of that is yeah. and i was like oh, and it like startled me you know like because something touching your face like when you're just like half asleep i'm like what was that and then of course it starts crawling around oh, and i was God. like and then i'm like oh, fuck and i'm like uh jump up and like dive dive out and like 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 scratching at my face like don't know what it is i thought it was a mouse you know and so, like, I, I dive out, and everybody thinks, you know, I'm getting knifed, you know, because <laughs> it's just, like, are they? middle of the night, you know, yeah. like, some dude is in our tent just cutting throats, you mm-hmm. know, like, because I'm freaking out, like, it's, like, that's happening. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, stop, just touch my face, you know, like, and they're like, what? And I shine my light on it, and it was a camel spider, mm. and it was probably, like, you know, the size of a mouse. Got through your mosquito net. Climbed up on the inside. Oh, Went God. over the top and just fell and, like, they're just chasing heat, right? Or just yeah. whatever, warmth. Trying to eat faces. Yeah. And, yeah, landed right in my eye socket right here. <laughs> did you smash it? Um. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did. Got, got my boot and smashed that fucker. Wow. It was on my bed. Swatted it off and smashed it. Everybody's like, dude, that was on your face. <laughs> I was like, I didn't like it. <laughs> I'm not even, like, scared of spiders, but when you have a spider the size of a mouse on your face... That's no good. There's just no, 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 like, being normal. No, that's no good. A lot of good times at retrans, man. Like, just... I was up there probably four or five, six times, you know, for a week at a time. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, there was another time. It, by the time you get toward the end of your deployment, everybody's like accumulated all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. from the lifestyle, you know, like, cause you're like, you're just trying to make the best of it. So like guys, you got like video game systems and shit uh, by the end. And so this one guy, his name was uh, McCall. Couldn't tell you his first name, so it'd be impossible to know who he was. But um, he was a guy from Baltimore, and he got uh, scooped up on IRR, which is inactive ready reserve, which is the worst way to go to a deployment. So uh, what it is is when you enlist, you sign up for a certain amount of time. So, like, you can do a two-year, you can do a three-year, you can do a five-year, six-year, whatever. Whatever you sign up for, then you serve those years. And then you have inactive reserve. So up to eight years, they can recall you. So if you do a two-year enlistment, they can recall you for six years. That's brutal. Yeah. So you can be out of the military for years and get recalled. Be working at Target, and they're like, hey, come on back. Yeah. And what a terrible thing that would be. My roommate actually was an IRR guy also. Um, Anyway, so this guy named McCall... He was a rapper from Baltimore. <laughs> like, he was trying to make it as a rapper. Yeah. And um, he gets recalled, and I'm, uh, we used to play Madden on his little video game thing. And uh, he's from Baltimore, and he's hanging out with just, like, a thousand white guys. You know, like, <laughs> he just doesn't – he's, like, not from our community. He's yeah. not – like, we're National Guard, so, like, we're all from the Northwest yeah. or Idaho, you know. And, uh, and he's from Baltimore, and he's just uh, doesn't fit in, but we're all cool, you know. Like nobody, nobody has any ill will toward him. Yeah. But he's just like there, kind of floating amongst all these guys that don't have a similar lifestyle. Yeah. Anyways, so one day we uh, go out to one of the bunkers, and my buddy comes in, and he's like, "Oh fuck, dude, dude, grab a handbag, grab a handbag, grab a Constantina glove." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And he's like, "Dude, there's a giant monitor lizard out there." And I'm like, oh, you know, like something like to entertain me for five minutes, you know. So a Constantina glove is a glove that you use to put Constantina wire out. Okay. So it's like an armored, like a, like a chain mail glove. Okay. So like uh, he's, we go out and I grab a sandbag, which is something you put sand in, of course. You know what a sandbag is. And he's like, it's under there. And I'm not shitting you, man. It was a lizard that was this big. <laughs> It was it was this giant monitor, like, with a big fucking mouth, you know, big old head, big mouth, and it had, like, this, like, ball tail. It looked like a goddamn dinosaur, man. Yeah. Nothing you'd ever see here. Yeah. And so it's, like, this long, like, probably two feet, two and a half feet long, uh, and it's underneath, uh, like, in our bunker. Uh, and I'm like, oh, fuck, we're going to get this motherfucker and we're going to put him in a cage because we'd like to fight animals and stuff like that like i'm like what like, like cockfighting yeah 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 i mean we do it camel spiders and scorpions you'd always put them in mm-hmm. fight they'd fuck each other up and yeah whatever entertainment yeah anything to just netflix. pass time yeah they don't they don't have netflix <laughs> <laughs> that time well it's probably discs yeah i don't know maybe they didn't even have it at all but so uh we g- <laughs> i give the glove to shane my buddy and he's like i'm holding the sandbag and I'm like, okay, get him. You know, reach down there and get him. And so he's walking in, and this guy, McCall, he pulls out his video camera, and he's like, you motherfuckers, you guys are so stupid. Like, why are you doing this? Like, what are you going to do with this lizard once you get it in the bag? He's like, why do white people do stuff like this? 
white people are so dumb. Yeah. And so, and it's valid, valid question. Uh, why are we doing that? And he's like, you guys are fucking stupid. And, uh, so he, he, he reaches in there with this glove and this glove's going to protect him. You know, mm. like you, it's built for handling razor wire. So there's nothing that's going to get through it. So even if that lizard bit his fucking hand, it wouldn't happen. Nothing would happen. Yeah. So he grabs it by the tail, which is big bulbous weird tail and he pulls it out and he's like lifting it up you know to like put it in the sandbag and i'm like holding it i'm like put it in put it in but it keeps like lurching at his hand like flipping around doing that thing that like snakes do you know yeah yeah to like go and bite his hand and he keeps like doing this you know like ooh, ooh. and i'm like put it in the bag <laughs> like put it in there and i can tie it you know like and he just keeps doing it and then he drops it right uh, and then we now we got a, a three foot lizard on the loose. Yeah. And guess where it goes? R- right for McCall. Yep. So it runs straight at him, and just like he's sitting there filming it and like watching it go down, and it jumps. He's sitting up on the edge of the bunker, and it jumps right in between his legs and crawls right up into his crotchal region. And while he just, he's filming it. Yep. And he just dumps over backwards and he screams like a like a girl. Like, he screams in the most high-pitched, hilarious scream. And we're all losing it, you know, like, we're laughing yeah. at him. And so he dumps over, and he goes running, you know, and lizard runs off, and we're still like, get it, you know, get the lizard. And uh, so <laughs> we go back and watch the video, of course, you know. And I was like, dude, you have to send that in to, like, America's Funniest Film Videos mm-hmm. or whatever the thing was. I didn't even know if that was even still a thing at that time. But I was Probably. Like, you have to send that in to American his home videos mm-hmm. because I guarantee you you'll win. And he's like, fuck no. I'm trying to make it in a rap career. <laughs> you're telling <laughs> I don't want to be known by that. You're yeah. telling me that like I'm gonna have this shrieking like a girl video <laughs> of this like I was like, I guarantee you get twenty thousand dollars. It's it's soldiers, it's a fucking crazy lizard, mm-hmm. all kinds of things that like people are gonna eat it up, they're gonna love it. Yep. And he's like, Nope. Not, not gonna, gonna happen. Not yep. gonna do it. I would pay. I'd pay five hundred dollars for that video right now. Like, <laughs> if I could watch that again. You think it exists? Oh, I doubt it. Yeah. Yeah, probably not. Mm. It's probably on like a. I mean, it is on a dead platform. Yeah, like some kind of VHS. Some sort thing. of yeah, like video. Yeah. It yeah. tends to it tends to harden people really, uh, and I think I kind of went the other way. I just yeah. became softer. Mm-hmm. Like with, uh, like I just I can empathize. To the point where, like, it's almost a disability. You know, like, I, I just empathize so much f- with everyone all the time. Which is why, politically, I'm such a weirdo. Like, because I can see, like, the most staunch, right-wing, radical, crazy fuck. And I can see where they're coming from. Yeah. And I can see the most ridiculous, uh, liberal, you know, in the way that they're talking, like, absolutely crazy talk and i can see where they're coming from and i just live in that like in that like constant barrage of everybody this is why i can't i can't vote you know like i can't be a a responsible voter Mm -hmm. because everyone's so radical and so extreme and the world is just way too nuanced to live in those in those worlds and we're constantly exposed to those loud, loud voices on the far extremes. Yep. And like, and everybody thinks, everybody thinks that that's like, if you're, if you're a, a Democrat, 
you think that all Republicans are dumb fucking morons. Mm-hmm. But then uh, if you actually thought about it, they're not. You know, Republicans are – they've got their reasons for having their opinions. You know, if we're talking about like racism or something like that, fuck those people. But like just the average person like that's, that has their political beliefs, they have their reasons for having those. And, and, and yes, you may not agree with it, but they have their reasons. And if you can't see why that they may have that, then you need to look inside yourself. Well, it, it's about being open-minded. Right. Um, Which is why it's so crazy to me that people are so extreme. And they want to – like to the point where they want to fucking kill the other person. It's, it's tribalism. Like, uh, for whatever reason, you have to subscribe to one side or the other. You're not, you're not allowed to have like some sort of varying belief. Like you're either one thing or you you are the other. Right. And And that is not, that's not healthy. That's not not good for for us. No. It's not going to fix anything. No. It's like, like the fires are a perfect example. We got all these fires going on right now. And everybody's like, you, you're the reason this happened. You didn't let us log. You didn't let us uh, maintain the forest. And then the other side's like, you. You are the reason why this fire happened. You are the ones who walked out on that bill in Oregon to go and spend more money on, on the, uh, the forest service mm-hmm. to, like, rake the fucking forests or whatever, whatever it was that that was going to do, like clean up uh, the debris on the ground. Both sides think the other one is the cause of this, and they can't accept that maybe that's a combination it's every fucking issue in the entire world is this way. Like all these extreme things that we can never, ever fucking get past. Abortion. It's like, oh, like you want to kill babies? Like how could you kill a baby? And it's like I will absolutely not uh, understand a reason why you'd ever kill a baby. And it's like, well, this girl uh, got raped by her father. While she's 12. While she's 12. And now she's pregnant with a baby. You can't understand that? And now the baby has Absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. Like, really? And then the other side of that is like, I, like a woman should be able to choose no matter what. And then like that's – I'm going to cross my arms about that and that's the end of the conversation. Yeah. Like so this girl waited till it was eight months and like found a way to get an abortion at eight months. That's killing a living child. Yeah. Th- these are things that there is a place in between that we have to live. Yeah. You can't just be one or the other. Mm-hmm. And that's every single fucking issue mm-hmm. in the entire world. Yeah. There is like, you've got the crazy and then the crazy over here. And then everybody is expected to pick one side or the other and, and have no nuanced view. And the crazy is the loudest. Yes. On both sides. And it's the most crazy. It's the most extreme fucking mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. It's like climate change. Oh, climate change is a hundred percent only caused by men, and we are the we should cry about it every day. Yeah. Or climate change is absolutely not caused by men whatsoever, mm-hmm. and it's a natural cycle. Guys, it's probably something in between, right? Yeah. Can we just agree and maybe throw a little money at it and not be so fucking stubborn? Yeah. Maybe try to cut down on some pollution, mm-hmm. but maybe not just ignore the problem entirely, or maybe not just. Or devote every single cent in it's, the world to it. It's my team versus yours. Right. It's it's baffling to me. Yeah. And as a as a strongly empathetic person, I see like I understand that 
the reason you want to protect an unborn baby is because an unborn baby is the most innocent thing in the world. Mm -hmm. And I understand that you want to protect a woman's rights, and that's very important. Both these things are fucking important. Now, can you guys come together and talk and agree on something that makes sense? No. Nope. No, we can't. No. And we never will. I truly am. I've lost all faith that we ever will. It has become more polarized with the internet and if, with if, social media. If COVID didn't do it for us, if a pandemic that's killing a million people mm -hmm. doesn't unify us, like, what's going to do it? I've had this discussion before. Like, what if aliens showed up? We're fucked. No, yeah, there's no way. We're some just people, will, some people, be like, aliens are awesome. Other people be like, I accept Fuck the our aliens. alien overlords, and yeah. I can't wait to serve them. No. And the other people are like, I'm gonna fucking shoot those motherfuckers <laughs> down. <laughs> Where's my shotgun? Goddamn, get my shotgun! Yeah, it's uh, and there's no, there's gonna be no in between. There's nobody that's gonna be like, hey guys, uh, I think it'd be best if we actually had a real conversation yeah. about this. No, some people just want to fight. They don't. They don't. Even if you. Even if you rationalize with them and, and support their opinion, they still want to fight you. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's See, so the, disappointing. This is where I sort of am going to contradict myself a little bit. I believe that people do want to fight, but they only want to fight with, n with nothing at stake. They want to fight on the internet. Yeah. They want to fight uh, in a conversation. Yeah. But if you put people in a real situation, like some people uh, at my work were talking about, like, we're like approaching civil war. I'm like, no, we're not. You know why? Because who's going to fucking fight in it? <laughs> who's going to fight in a civil war right now? Yeah. Do you honestly believe that people are going to take up arms to murder each other mm -hmm. over these issues? Over Trump versus Biden. Over Trump versus Biden. Mm -hmm. Or over uh, BLM or over COVID or mm -hmm. any of these issues. Mm -hmm. Like, do you honestly think that, let's just say, uh, Boise, Idaho is going to fight Portland for one, Boise would kick the shit out of them. I was going to say, Portland's <laughs> going to lose. <laughs> but uh, let's just say, for the sake of argument that enough people in Portland have guns, uh, that's not going to happen. You know why? Because there's only, like, ten people in Portland that are strong enough willed to, like, go actually fight that war. Yeah. There's only ten people in Boise that believe that the, the sentence for uh, having that opinion is death. So, no, we're not going to go into civil war, but we're, we're not going to get better. We're not going to, like, be happy until we get away from this ridiculous two-party system that just plagues us forever. Yeah. I mean, the craziest thing is that we had some very smart, ambitious individuals who decided to create this system in the 1770s. And do you know how old they were? Most of those guys. Yeah, they were like in their 20s. They were in their 20s or yeah, 30s. Except for Ben. Old Ben. Ben was like Ben was like, ben was like <laughs> trying to hook like up with a bunch of ladies. Old, swinging dick. Yeah. France loving. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He's going to France and yeah, just like just hooking like up with banging, ladies. Banging 20-year-olds. Yeah. 20 yeah. With he, his fake wig. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing. They are wearing wigs, man. Like, what's I don't up with get that? It. It's ridiculous. But yeah. so it's, bunch it's of ambitious a, rebels, rebels. Terrorists. 20 to 30-year-olds creating this brand new system yeah which uh, i believe in and is genius i think they did a great job mm -hmm. okay but can you imagine any of those people coming back 300 250 years later 
we've got computers, we've got the internet, we've got cars, airplanes, all kinds of shit going on. Are they not going to come back and go, you guys didn't write new rules? You're still following the same fucking rules? We wrote these rules that we we wrote these rules on a piece of paper with a fucking quill feather yeah. <laughs> dipped in ink. You guys are following the same rules? Are you kidding me? And John over here signed all fucking big and didn't even leave room for us. Yeah, and now he's in Chris Farley movies and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like, no, are you kidding me? That is not that is not the They the would document probably to realistically follow. think that you know, 300 years later, we probably would have made some changes. And by the way, we have made an incredible amount of changes. We, what is there, 26 amendments? But we have not figured out, uh, the, the system we have right now is going to crash and burn. It will not survive as it is. You're talking like electoral college and all that stuff? I'm talking know? about the whole entire thing. It cannot survive the way it is. With everything that we've created... It was a great starting point, and you have to adjust it. It's like a fucking software update for your iPhone. Yeah. If we were still running iOS 1, yeah, we'd have some pretty shitty iPhones. We'd have some pretty shitty iPhones. Yeah. You have to change. You have to adjust to what society is doing, and we haven't really done that. We've given women the right to vote, which is perfectly fine. It took a long-ass time. It took a very long time. That's great. We we decided that a uh, president can only serve two terms. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. That's great, too. Need to get that into Congress. We have uh, banished alcohol and reinstated yeah, alcohol. because it's badass. Because <laughs> it's awesome. Cheers. Okay. <laughs> there are a lot of things that we have decided that we should change. But there are Still also, pot, federally illegal. Man, that's there are so many things. Good. There are so many things that we need to adjust from that original document that they signed on a fucking piece of paper in mm. 1776 with a turkey feather dipped in ink. Who's going to decide what gets changed and how? That that's is, the that's, problem. That's the problem is that it's we can't, so... We can't have anybody that's... Uh, we can't have me, a guy who lives in the middle, make those decisions. You cannot... By the way... We'll never, ever have a guy like me. You cannot make those decisions because you are not currently in power. The people who are in power benefit from the system as it is. They know how to exploit it and continue to uh, continue it. They have no desire to change it because they exist because of the current system. No, there's, there are people that want to change that There shit. are people that want to change they it. They just can't because there's can't. a lot of people that don't want it to change. There are lobbyists who... Right. Uh, get money from corporations who... Right, they've built their entire business around these rules yeah. and the way that they are put together, the way our country's put together. And they have hundreds of years, a lot of these companies have hundreds of years uh, building their company up around that system. Yeah. It's like why we can't, you know, like just make college free all of a sudden. Yeah. It's like because we have lots of years where people had to pay for it and mm -hmm. it's not really fair to them. So let's just never change it. Well, I mean, you could you could argue both sides of that. I mean, you forgive all the debt. And, yeah, but I already paid my shit off. Well, that's what I'm saying. You <laughs> forgive all the debt. There are a lot if of. If you want to give me back that ninety five thousand dollars. Well, it, the argument is that it cheapens the college system because it does. It could. It does. 
It does. Okay. But I'm not saying we shouldn't do it, but it does cheapen it. That's the thing. is You that make it free, and then it's worthless. I'm not smart enough. Not to, worthless, but worth less. I'm not smart enough or educated enough to argue either side. What I'm saying is there's no dialogue. There needs to be a dialogue, and there needs to be a system where we say, these are the benefits, these are the costs. Should mm-hmm. we do this? Should we not? Right. But people are not willing to do that. We there can't even a, take one step no. toward that. You, you, That's how you do it, is you do it a little bit at a time, like how they still steal our privacy, right? They've been doing it a little step at a time, stealing our privacy, and now we have no privacy, and we didn't even know that they did it to us. Some of us do. Well, it's getting worse, too. Right. And they're stealing more. COVID. Yeah. Yeah. All in the name of protection. Yeah. Which is brilliant. Good. I mean. No, there are very smart people who are in charge right now. Yeah. A lot of, I mean, people like want to say Trump's an idiot, but the guy's kind of a fucking evil genius. No, he's not an idiot. He, 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 He realizes he can say whatever he wants to. And it doesn't matter. He, uh, he, he He's just throwing ideas out in the wind. And some of them catch and some of them don't. I mean, he, he got impeached and didn't get prosecuted or didn't, get, didn't get convicted. Yeah. He, he was, what was it? I think the Senate impeached him, but the uh, House didn't confirm it. Yeah. So he got impeached, but it wasn't finalized whatever yeah he, so he can, didn't get impeached he can do whatever he wants to yeah and um the, 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 there are no consequences and that is i've said this before that is the coolest thing about his presidency is that we see how far you can go he's breaking down the barriers <laughs> although really if you think about what he's actually done He's just like every other president. He is more trans, he is more transparent. Yeah. The the if you want to talk about a president that made the biggest impact on our lives, that's George W. Bush. Yeah. And through uh the Privacy Act. That's like the the number one Patriot, Patriot Act. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, Patriot Act. Um that's probably the biggest uh like expungement of our freedom that's ever happened in the history of the United States. Mm-hmm. But, you know. But people accept it and they forget about it. And then time goes on. I don't even think people noticed. They don't. Because if you really think about it, like, what is it? I mean, it's kind of a who cares for me. Like, yeah, it would be better, I guess. I would prefer that they didn't see and listen to everything I've ever said and record it and use it against me potentially. But... You know, like it's not really affecting me that much because I'm not like somebody they care about. Well, the the argument is, but the fact that it exists is it goes against my my nature. You know, like my every like thing that I want to protect because it's just a stepping stone toward the next thing. Well, the argument is, what do you care if you don't have anything to hide? Right, right. That's what they say first. Yeah, and then the next thing is the thing that matters more. It's like all these things are baby steps toward a bigger thing. Yeah. And I don't know what that next thing is necessarily. I mean, there's been several things that have erased our privacy since then. But, uh, you know. Well, they've done studies. What do we got to hide? Nothing. I mean, I look at a lot of porn. 
<laughs> Somebody's got to look they at know. that. They know. Yeah, I know they know. <laughs> <laughs> you're just watching and you're like, yeah, somebody yeah. else is watching this too. Yeah, there's, it's all good. It's embarrassing for the person that has to look. But <laughs> they're like, they're oh, probably, I, I like that probably, one too. Probably watching me on my camera. <laughs> and I feel sorry for them, <laughs> realistically, because I'm making a weird face. Yeah, they um, they they have infiltrated that system, and they are capable of documenting and recording all of these things that we're doing, and and figuring out where we're going as uh, an American population. And it's all for money. I mean, it's they're all, just it's using all, it to sell us shit. It's all data that they're collecting, right? To sell. To sell to sell the companies and to sell like like there's a reason why when we're talking here about this or that that we're gonna see an ad for something mm-hmm. you know it's because they're listening and mm-hmm. they want to sell us shit yeah and like whatever I mean that's not good but it's also like not that bad well that's the other thing is that they they're not they, catching any fucking terrorists with it I know that they have so done, it's just it's like why did you do it they have done studies. Uh, I forget which company, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. They have done studies where they offer to people, they're like, hey, we will uh, we will give you this service for free if you allow us to collect your data. Mm-hmm. And well, that's the, Facebook. The overwhelming majority of people are like, okay, cool. Yeah, like, it's free? Oh, yeah, I don't have to pay do $8 to pay, a month? Okay, cool, yeah, yeah, do whatever you want. That's Facebook. That's the, the terms and terms and conditions of Facebook mm-hmm. is we own everything that you ever put on here. Mm-hmm. We can do with it what we please well, and you will like it. And, that's and the then crazy you thing. can like that girl's photo. That's the crazy thing about Facebook is that, uh, have you ever deleted your account or attempted to? Mm, no. No. Okay. When you do it, I did it once before and they say, we understand you want to delete. We will uh, keep your account active right for 30 days mm-hmm. in case you change your mind mm-hmm. maybe it was only two weeks but th- th- there's a, a defined amount of time where they say two weeks or, or 30 days or whatever in case you change your mind and you want to come back yeah so they're not fucking deleting get, anything it's all you get that sh- the shakes yeah because they know you will yeah they're gonna keep all that stuff on their server and i don't think they ever delete it anyway no they own it why would they delete it yeah it's it's Data they got collection. enough. They got enough Let's money keep. to store it. Yeah, it's data storage is cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good for them. Mm-hmm. Those fucking villains. They are villains. Did you watch that doc? No, you said, I I started it last night actually because I figured I thought it might give us something to watch, but uh-huh. I, was, I was already kind of half drunk and I was like, "This is bumming me out." <laughs> it, it will bum you out. Yeah, I was. I watched like fifteen minutes and I was like, eh, "I don't yeah, think I want to watch this." It will so bum you out. I don't, like this is making me sad. Yeah, because I already I already feel this way. I already feel like these guys are bad guys. They are. They had some. They had some people on there that were. Uh, the guy that created the like button. Yeah. yeah. Which, I, I'm fine with that guy. You know who I want to kill? <laughs> I'm fine with that guy. Give me the guy that created the share button, mm. and I will decapitate that person right here in front of the camera. What, what, is, what is wrong with share? The share button, it's the most irresponsible information sharing uh, device that's ever been created by man. Mm-hmm. And that's a hot take, but I'll tell you why. So your grandma, who just joined Facebook two years ago, who's just a nightmare on there, 
Uh, every day she's on there just fucking clicking, share, share, yeah. share, share, spamming, share, share, share. No fact checking, no nothing, no original thought. Nothing ever has to come. It's just a propaganda yeah. spreading machine. Mm-hmm. That share button is I'm I'm not exaggerating when I say it might be the thing I least like in this whole world mm-hmm. outside of like baby rapers. You know, it's like baby rapers and then the share, share button and they're like right next to each other. You know, like I'm like, mm, maybe the share button. I don't know. But I think if you're going to share something and this has always been my beef with Facebook, uh, Facebook used to be kind of cool. I used to kind of enjoy Facebook. And, and if you followed me on Facebook at one point, you know that I've I've done a lot of uh kind of thought-provoking discussions that I try to bring up and, and, you know, try to get people to see things uh, from a different perspective. And I've always kind of liked that about Facebook is I would type out this thing and then I'd create a dialogue because I have a diverse group of friends, right? I got my Portland Portland peeps. They're all the, uh, the lefties. And then I got my Vidal's peeps. Those are my righties, right? And I got all these people and I kind of put them together and and I absolutely condemned anything that was not being civil. And... It was cool and created some neat discussion. But Facebook now, which I don't even use Facebook anymore. In fact, if you're listening to this, I almost certainly deleted you as a friend. Because <laughs> I just use it for family communication and some close friends now. And I even changed my name. But um, so if you know my name, good for you. <laughs> it's, it's top secret. It's like from the Sandlot, sort of. Um, but anyways, the share button is the ruining, is the undoing of that beautiful thing that we had. And what it is, is they just, if they made a, like, for Reddit users out there, a lot of uh, subreddits will require you to put in uh, 200 characters for your post. So you can't just just impulsively throw something out. Yeah, You have to put enough text to, like, make it something. And if they did that on the share button, where it, even even if you wanted to share, if you just had uh, 200 characters that you had to type, and it can't just be a, and you actually typed something out that was like confirming, like, hey, I think this is meaningful for this reason, mm-hmm. and this is why I think that. If that was required, the share button would be fine. But instead, people like my mother will post like 19 shares in a day, and then like, and people will just be like, this is. This is plainly untrue, what you've shared. And it's like, ah, no big deal. And so, like, every single thing on every person's feed is all just shared things. How, how, much, how many, like, original thoughts do you see on Facebook anymore that actually people actually posted something that's their thought about something, like, out of, out of 10, or, like, let's even go, like, out of 50, how many posts, if you're scrolling through, are something that somebody came out of their brain? Would you say? I have no idea. Yeah, probably less than five out of fifty. Maybe one out of fifty. I don't. I don't use Facebook. So you're saying that the majority of people just see some sort of article or something, and then they and they read the headline and they share it. Okay. They don't even read the article. They just share it or a meme and they share it. That's not an effective means of of communication anyway. You're just absolutely not. You're just. You're agreeing with the headline, and you're trying to get other people to subscribe to whatever that headline is, right? Yep. Yeah. And even if it's untrue, they're just—it's a reaction. Yeah. It's a reaction. It 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 reinforces your belief. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Confirmation bias. Yeah. Yeah. This this is what I think. Share. Yeah. I don't even need to read the article because I already believe that. See, that's the disappointing part is that you're not going to convert anyone. Yeah. You're just basically you're basically saying I like red shirts. Mhm. Yeah. Red shirt, red shirt, red shirt. I fucking know you like red shirts. Right. Cool. Yep. Yeah, what do you like about red shirts? Red I don't shirts. care. Red I shirts. like red shirts. Red shirts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not good. It's not good. That's what that documentary says. It's yeah. not good. And Instagram is just like the picture version of Facebook. Yeah. Well, I, it's like, owned by Facebook. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I like. I have an Instagram account, and I like to post my photography stuff on there, mm-hmm. but I don't really do anything with it anymore. It's kind of like. I don't. I won't want to look at the feed. Yeah. Even though it's like all people that I've cultivated, like to like follow on purpose. Well, a lot of it is girls taking pictures of their butts. Yeah, which is cool. Which is awesome. But I also have <laughs> Pornhub. You know. I so. know there's lots of butts on the internet. There's a lot of. I don't, butts. I don't need butts on Instagram. I can find them elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not why I'm there. No. It isn't. That's not why I'm there. <laughs> I'm there to look at waterfalls. Yeah. If you follow me on Instagram, you know I've seen your stuff. that's the only thing I've I care about on Instagram. No. Yeah. But yeah, Reddit. If you're not on Reddit, you should be because it's awesome. Well, that is the argument for the documentary that we're talking about that's on Netflix is that um, if you are logged in to an account and you click on things, you will you will begin to acquire the, a profile. The, the, yeah. An you, internet profile. An internet profile that the algorithm mm-hmm. uh, deciphers and interprets, and then the algori- algorithm will send you other things mm-hmm. that are in that Related same vein. to confirm so, your beliefs. If I like Maker's Mark, mm-hmm. I'm going to get whiskey pictures mm-hmm. constantly, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to get pictures of tequila. Maybe I kind of like tequila, but now I'm just seeing all you the whiskey. tequila enough, you will. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing is that it sends you further and further down that confirmation bias wormhole where you you don't see the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. And that is where you get the hardcore Democrat, conservative viewpoint. It just keeps showing you what you want to see. Exactly. And you'll never read an opposing viewpoint. Exactly. Right. Echo chambers are bad, okay? They are. They really are. And... I don't think people realize they are a part of them, you know? They just, they, they, they get into it. Like, I hate to use her as an example, but my, my grandma, she watches Fox News all day long. And I'm not opposed to Fox News. I'm not opposed to CNN. I'm not opposed to MSNBC. I think all of those channels offer a version of the news mm-hmm. they're all biased it's education or not education <laughs> that's the wrong word <laughs> entertainment <laughs> education was the wrong Edit word that shit. please yeah please um, take that out they are they are versions of the truth mm-hmm. that you should expose yourself to we well, you could take the exact same event give it to two both of those things both those entities and say here's here's your story Headlines are going to look real different. Exactly. But you should watch all of them. She does I agree. I agree. She watches that one. And she dictates her life 
based off what they feed her. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you cannot have a conversation with her about anything current without some sort of tint from whatever. And, and they could switch tomorrow and be like, Obama was the best president ever. And she would she would tell me, Obama is the best president ever. <laughs> like, it's in her brain. Except that contradicts everything they said for eight years. So doesn't matter. You really? I, if, I, if they said grandma, that, give your grandma some credit. If they said that on Fox News, Trump is watching four hours of it every morning. Do you think he would tweet Obama's ever? Well, Wouldn't that be the fucking shit? Be like if, Anchorman. <laughs> He's going to read anything the, on the telephone. Oh my god, that would be insane. That would be insane. I think you. I think your grandma would. I love would, my grandma. Catch that shit. I hope she doesn't ever hear this. She would catch it. She would. People are smarter than than that. People are. But what you're saying is generally true. But you can't you can't just say like that if if you gave them any piece of information that it wouldn't that they wouldn't catch it because they would. People are smart. Like most people actually the reason why they watch Fox News is because it, they tell them about the stuff that they that they believe or that, that, that their parents taught them to, to believe. Mm-hmm. And so when they listen to Fox News, it, it gives them a comfortable feeling that, yeah, I'm still doing the right thing. And they're telling me that what I'm, what I'm thinking is correct. Sure. And there's value in that. And ratings are, are a thing. And, and television as a whole is going to be gone really soon. I mean, like... It, television yes. as we as we see it now, one hundred percent. It's gonna be gone like five years, or ten years. You know, it's really not gonna last very long. It's like blockbuster video. It's mm-hmm. just something that's not gonna be there, and that's great. But at the same time, you can go down those same funnels doing it the new way. You know, it, it's almost more uh, influential down the newer channels. How do you mean? Because they can, they be, can really, they because, can really uh, because it divert can, the information to what you want to see. It can be infiltrated by uh, third parties. When you have Fox News broadcasting with uh, Shep Shepard, I don't even know what the fuck his name is. Whoever that Sean Hannity, uh, you know Bill O'Reilly, whoever's on Fox News, and then you have on CNN um, Wolf Blitzer. Those people, they're getting their info and their direction from some source above them mm-hmm. who, who's running the company. Right. When you are getting your news from Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, you can get it from anywhere. Yeah, I think that's not good. It I, is not good. Yeah, I think CNN and Fox News are better than Facebook like as a news source. I don't want to agree, but I do. Because right. when you're on Facebook... Because, by the way, that the Facebook is from your grandma. Who yes. reposted something that isn't even true or that's isn't from, even like close to true. That's some from some it's, Russian farm in Moscow that Putin had. You know, there's a warehouse full of 30 people and they're posting all kinds of crazy shit. On, or just like straight up the KKK. They whatever. can have a Facebook account. Whatever. You know, like those are so much worse than like Fox News is at least held to a standard of like television like – like if Fox News says things that are like blatantly racist, then they can be held accountable for that. Mm-hmm. Facebook doesn't. Yeah, they don't. They they can't. Yeah, I mean, that's not true, I guess, because because Facebook is 
pretty run by the the the, the left. Okay, like the, but, but the social media sites do tend to block more things that are that oppose the left's ideals. But time out. So you can get an incredible amount of misinformation from uh, social media sites, but in my opinion, they it's should the purest be, form of they, communication. They should not be censored. I agree. There's a lot of stuff happening on Twitter. No, that's that's exactly what I'm saying. Is they're they're going to be censored? Like if the KKK wants to post something, it's not good. And I don't not, I don't want that no, out there. It's not good. But at they all. shouldn't be censored because no. it's a slippery slope. Because exactly because you have Twitter censoring Donald Tons Trump. Of shit. Tons of shit. Which Donald Trump spews all kinds of fucking Joe Rogan, all kinds of fucking heinous shit that's not true. But you should be able. You should be allowed to say whatever you want to. It's our right to. to discern that for ourselves. That's the issue, though. You have a ton of people that are looking at the internet constantly. They are not discerning right from wrong, truth from untruth. Right. They are just reading it, and it goes right in there, and they don't care. And that's where Twitter thinks because they're highly evolved and they believe that the left is on the right side of history – that it's okay to do this because it's, maybe, pre- it's protecting grandma. Maybe they are. And maybe but, they are. But, but maybe, I don't want that. But maybe they are censoring uh, UFOs landing in Seattle. Right. Maybe they're, may, may, yeah. If they're censoring flat, flat earthers and the earth just happens to be flat and we didn't know, that'd be a disservice to us. It would. Even if it sounds ridiculous, you should just let it. I mean, You should let it go. Yeah, you should let it. I go. don't agree with censorship. And no, in any form, you cannot basically. fucking censor any of that stuff, and that's what they're doing. And it, if I went on the internet today, if I went on Twitter and I said uh, Daniel Day Lewis is an alien and he is the mother or uh, overlord and he is in charge of the planet, that sounds fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's true. Mm-hmm. I should be allowed to say that. That is, and we go, <laughs> we go back to the fucking Constitution. The First Amendment, the mm-hmm. right to free speech, I have the right to say that. Right. Maybe we need to change that. I don't think so, but maybe we do. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think You should be allowed to say whatever you be. want. I agree. People have to be smart enough to figure out what the fuck is true. Yeah. I'm a libertarian, so like, well, I, I'm drifting away from being a libertarian a little bit, but I have a lot of libertarian beliefs. And... If you're not hurting someone, then you should be able to do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. As long as you're not um, uh, asking people to directly, physically harm someone. Yeah. Well, yeah, that'd be hurting somebody. Yes. Like doxing or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That shit's fucked up. Yeah, of course. I agree wholeheartedly. In fact, if you want to have a racist business... That says, you know, like racist shit on the outside. I am fine with that business existing. And I also think that most people should work really hard to put that shit out of business. For sure. Or if there you, should they should be protesting outside that business every day and that's their right. Or if on the you sidewalk. if you refuse to make a cake for a gay couple, right. that's your choice. Right. But fuck you. If you don't want to make a cake for a gay couple, yeah, then people You're a should not bigot. Then people should not buy your cakes. I but agree. you know what? You will have a bunch of homophobic homophobic people who buy your cakes, right. and you'll have a bunch of people that don't. 
but you should not be dismissed from having a business. I agree with you 100%, but that is the basis. So like in that instance, that business would probably thrive. They could. They th- but I think that, they probably that, will because of tes- their bigotry. That's a testament to the Where we situation we are. Yeah. And I agree that that's fucked up. It is. And it's I also agree ridiculous. that they should be able to, like, based on a religious belief that they have, not sell a cake to a gay couple. You will that's not. That's a fucked up thing to say because I 100% support gay rights. 100%. Yes. I would fight for gay rights. Yes. More than anything. But – it's their religion, you know, like it's I, I support the freedom of religion. It is. It is. And it's stupid because it's uh, and fake. I would I would be the first person out there holding a sign saying these fucking assholes don't deserve a business. Don't shop here. And I'd yell at people that go in. But at the same time, it's their right to, to refuse service. Sure. Based sure. on their religious beliefs. I believe it's, that it's dumb. And you are allowed to disagree with anything you want to. But to dismiss or cancel or ruin anyone's life because of one specific position they believe the thing that they believe and you may not yeah it's no not our, one, it's not our job to police people's it's opinions not, it's not you get to be buddhist or catholic or christian or atheist or agnostic you get to choose any of those things and to require any set of per- people to follow those ideals is not cool. No one knows what, what happens. And you know what? My personal opinion is that following the Christian Bible, King James Bible, whatever you want to call it, word for word is fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And if you want to base your business and who you will sell a cake to off of a book that was written 2,000 years ago, that's up to you. There's going to be a lot of people who choose not to support your business. That is their right. There's going to be a lot of people who choose to support your business. For that reason. For that reason. Mm -hmm. That is their right. You're not going to change anybody's opinion. Right. But the strongest strongest people uh, on that, that uh, I'm on the right side of history, they they truly in their heart believe that what they're doing is for their best interest. Mm -hmm. Like they're going to teach them that somehow – that their religion's wrong and that they should serve to gay couples. And they believe that. They do, but they're not going to change. They're not right. Their opinion. They're not right. They're not going to change their opinion. You're not going to change someone's religion. No. No. Yeah. I mean, we like to kindly ignore the things that don't uh, jive. You know, like... Christianity... <laughs> Deep sigh. I feel sad for Christians... Because ah, it's like saying I feel sorry for white people because they've been privileged for a long time. Christians have been privileged. They've been in charge. But it's like Christians are under fire right now in the world. Like people people see people that are religion. They just think they're dullards. You know, it's like, oh, you believe in this imaginary God? You know, like, oh, he's just a guy up in the sky. And you think that's real? How cute and how stupid you are. Like, these are the things that <laughs> people build their lives on these. Sure. Their whole life is lived for this this person, mm-hmm. uh, this this God that they believe in. Mm-hmm. And I feel sorry for them that, that people have such little respect for what they – that they firmly believe in their heart. 
you know? Like, I feel sorry for them Mm -hmm. because they're not given, like, they're under fire. They think that, like, the cake thing, for example, like, that's a religious belief. And maybe those people are assholes. I don't know that whole story. They probably are. But if, if like, they're just devout Christians and they just, in their heart, they feel they feel bad about the decision that, and I know this is probably not the story, but let's just, for hypothetical reasons, say this, that they believe, they feel sorry um, that they can't serve that person a cake because of their 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 beliefs or their their sexualities in contra in contrast to their religious beliefs and they just can't do it. Mm-hmm. That's sad that 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 we will now railroad those people out of business. Mm-hmm. That's sad. I agree. And and people like I know a lot of Christian people and they're not bad people. They're not. They are maybe old fashioned. They're conformed to a set of beliefs that were written in a book. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe that, but I have no proof that it's not true. Right. And, so and who, it's who, totally their right to believe that. It's who, just like being that, that you don't believe there's a God. Exactly. Like you have just as much you have just as much right to believe there isn't a God and have that staunch belief. And yes. like and I think if you were a cake maker and somebody said, I am I want to have this for my my uh uh, uh, atheist wedding, mm-hmm. they should be able to do the same thing. For sure. I agree. And and if it's an atheist that says, I want you to write on the cake that says, uh, in God, our, our nuptials will be forever. Yeah. And that atheist should be able to be like, no, you're a moron. Get out well, of here. Or if you went to a cake maker who was Buddhist and you said, Satan rules, 666. And they're like, yeah, I don't really want to do that. I'm not comfortable with that cake. Would you fucking ruin their lives? They would. They would. That's That's the society we live in. That is the fucking issue. Right. Okay, so I... And there is half the country that believes that to be just behavior. Yeah, it's... That's not right. No, it's not right at all. You get the choice to... to, to spend your money wherever you want to spend it. There is a bike repair shop in downtown Gresham. Mm-hmm. I took my son's bike there, and when I showed up, there were a bunch of bunch of turdball kids hanging out outside, smoking cigarettes, <laughs> doing whatever. Whatever. I used to be that same fucking kid. Yeah. Cool. I go inside. I bring the bike in. It's it's a it's a normal bike. It's a eighteen speed mountain bike. Yeah, you know, I bought it from Walmart. Whatever. The guy, as I bring it in, says, uh, oh, "I can't remember what he called it. He's like a." Is that a is that a zero bike? And I was like, what? And he's like, God damn it! I, it would make more sense if I knew the fucking term he used. But basically, when I brought the bike he was in, talking shit about your he bike. was talking shit about my he was bike. Talking down to you. He was saying this bike is a piece of shit. I don't want to fix it. Right. He's a sixty five year old man. Right. He he's can say he can say that to me. Mm-hmm. He owns a bike shop. And you can turn around and walk back out and go, exactly. I'm not going there and there Exactly. Again. That guy's an asshole. I chose to leave the bike there and let him fix it. Mm-hmm. He charged me $15 to fix the bike. It was minor. I will never go back to that bike shop. Correct. Because of the way that guy treated me. Mm-hmm. He didn't make fun of me for being gay. He didn't make fun of me for being Buddhist. He didn't make fun of me for... He talked shit about the bike mm-hmm. I bought for my son. I will never go back there again. Right. That is my right. That is the right of anybody that goes to any business. If somebody 
If somebody does not provide you a service that you are comfortable with, you go somewhere else. And it's his foolish right to be that rude to his customers. For sure. Yeah. He never met me before. He didn't know who I was. Yeah. He's not like busting your balls because you're old friends. He's just being a dick. Exactly. And guess what? He's probably not in business. He he's gonna get somebody to bring it in. He's gonna get he's not gonna get me. And yeah, but but if you do that enough times, it's like like if I was a bar owner, right? Like I would be throwing people out all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not allowed to talk like that in here. Get the fuck out. Yeah, I'm never coming back here. Good, don't ever come back. In fact, tell your friends not to come back too because you are a fucking moron. Yeah, and I don't want your people in here. Yeah, your type of people, whatever they may be. Yeah. If they're like you, I don't want them here. Mm-hmm. So good. Get the fuck out of here. Never come back. Yep. That's my right. Yes. I, I would I would talk like that. And guess what? I'd probably get railroaded out of business. You're a racist. <laughs> right. Yeah. Notice I didn't say anything about the person. That is that is the place we're living right now. I know. And I hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah, I don't like Every time either. I see something on the internet. I'm, it's like you can't just be a normal uh discriminator of of like something that's no, reasonable you can't you can't <laughs> it's, like it, it's it, always it's, gotta be related it, it, to something that exactly isn't, isn't as there. soon as you refuse something to someone they the the machine finds something like uh they have a cousin who has down syndrome or they have a cousin who's black or they have a cousin who uh whatever like there's always something that gets presented upon it and it's like can we not just evaluate people for people? Mm-hmm. Me personally, I don't care who you are, what your sexual orientation is, what um, what you voted for politically. I don't care about any of that stuff. I want to talk to you, Jesse Byron, as a human. Right. I don't give a fuck about anything else. And there's so much um, pre-thought and afterthought on human interaction that happens these days and everybody wants to latch on to some fucking thing. You know what I mean? Something that defines them. Yeah. Yeah. It it doesn't have to be that way. And I think there's a lot of people like me and you that feel that way. Yeah. And it's most, it's the loudest voices. It's most that change that and turn it into something else. And we, we, you and I have this conversation. Like we think it's something that that's happening all over everywhere, but is it? I don't think it is. I think I it's most people. I think most people are just like us, you know, like we can actually see this for what it is. It's just like your 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 grandma, you know, you say like, oh, she, you know, she's not going to detect that uh, Fox News said Barack Obama is now great. And now suddenly we're in on that. She would. She would. She would recognize that that's not right. And that's not the truth. <laughs> like uh, Barack Obama is obviously the enemy. <laughs> uh, like just because Wolf or uh Bill O'Reilly said it this time, mm-hmm. you know, like that didn't change what I've been hearing for the last five years. People are smart. Most people are smart. And most people live somewhere in the middle like we do. You know, those loud, loud voices make us think that this is the, tr- the universal truths of the world now. Mm-hmm. And I have more faith in humanity than that. I want to as well. But we still only get to vote for one or two people, yeah. one or the other, mm-hmm. that is representing that radical side mm-hmm. you know i don't want to vote for donald trump and i don't want to vote for joe biden no those guys fucking suck mm-hmm. and i don't want to vote for either one i don't want to vote and people may i would like this. to vote for a better one i don't want 
people may take this the wrong way, but I'm a 36-year-old male in America in 2020. I do not want to vote between a 74-year-old man and a 78-year-old man. Yeah. I want someone that represents us. Somebody, I don't care if you're black, white, Indian, gay, gay, male, female, trans, I don't give a fuck. If you are somewhere in between, what is it, 35? 36. 36? 36 and like 60. Even 60. Yeah. Like somewhere. Here we go back to my grandma. My grandma is 81 years old. Yeah. How my, many great, my, how many great opinions has has she said uh, about like the way the world's working these days? My grandma is an amazing woman, and I love her to death. Yeah. She cannot run this country. No. She's 81 years old. Joe Biden is 78. He cannot run this country. I agree. Uh, Donald Trump is 74. He cannot run this country. There is a point. And every person in Congress is 78, and they can't no. run our country. You and yet they do. And yet they do. You, you, there, there's a benefit to being older and wise and you have learned more things and acquired more skills and you've become more knowledgeable, knowledgeable with life. But there's also a point where you reach dementia. (laughs) Yeah, or close to it. Or close to it. Yeah. And we need someone who is in the approximately 45 to 50 years old range. That's what made Barry great. He was like so refreshing, you know, Barack. It's like, it's like, hey, he's got, he's got a sound mind. That's all we ask for is that you have a fucking sound mind. It's not saying much. He was also, everyone can do that. He was also, and I'm like, I'm not saying that I agree politically with anything Barack Obama did, but at least he wasn't a fucking embarrassment. And at least he doesn't have dementia. No, he was, respectable yeah internationally mm-hmm. and he could he he could have a regular conversation with people and he could um digest he ideas. wasn't embarrassing he wasn't embarrassing both our options are embarrassing i've talked about this before with other people no one is for biden they're against trump. they're against trump right that's just an absolutely gross Way to vote, by the way. And I absolutely say if you uh, are interested in voting for uh, a third party, just fucking do it. Unless you live in Pennsylvania, you know, like. Or Ohio. Or or Ohio. Or, you know, or one of these battleground states. Just vote for whoever you think's best. You know who I voted for in 2016? Who's that? uh, Bernie Sanders. Right in. It doesn't matter in Oregon. No. Biden will get it. Yeah. Hillary got it yep. in 2016. Yeah. It doesn't, by it, a landslide, by the do, way. It doesn't matter. And that is, I've heard people argue for the Electoral College. I I'll personally, I'm personally against it. Maybe I had this discussion we probably with you. Had, yeah. We okay. had this on the way to rafting. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a brilliant system that that helps helps to represent people that... Uh, that don't have a voice that live in the in the coastal cities. But it also it also turns states into a number. Like why not 
and I, I don't want to get confrontational with you. Mm-hmm. I, I really want to hear well, your I'll opinion. I'll fight you. It's fine. <laughs> we'll, go, we'll go fist to cuffs <laughs> on the back porch. Why? You've never been in a fight. I think I can take you. I've never been in a fight. Maybe tonight's a night. No, tonight's a night. Let's we'll see bring what, it, makers. We'll, we'll see what you say. <laughs> with the knuckle crunch. <laughs> what? What? I don't know. What is the benefit of the popular vote? versus the electoral college what uh, so the 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 failing of of the uh popular vote in my opinion and i'm not a person that's uh a political science major but my opinion is is the the problem with that is is the population centers live in very small sections of our country right so you got new york city you got la you got San Francisco, you have these these clusters, Pennsylvania, the East Coast, and the center, you know. Uh, the population center of the United States lives on the coasts, right? Sure. So, but that's not the only part of the United States. You know, like, if the, the United States was only those coastal states, then yeah, they would be great. Popular vote would make some sense. But what people are voting for is... They're voting based upon. Hmm, let me let me start over. So, when you have these densely populated areas making the decisions for places that aren't densely populated, they will vote for things that benefit densely populated areas. Sure. So, for example, like mass transit. How much benefit does Joe Snuffy in uh, Kansas benefit from mass transit? Yes, I see. How much what, I does see what a you're hospital, saying. Uh, I see in what a you're town saying. Four hundred benefit them. I see what you're saying for that, but strictly for the presidential election, mm-hmm. how is one vote per person not representative for the outcome of the election? Because all those people in rural areas who want to vote conservative and go for Trump or uh, Romney or whoever. How is that not representative of their like their their one vote still counts for that one candidate? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It seems like for the presidential election, I, I agree with you one hundred percent for a statewide. Well, I'll give you the the reason is because the it's not because Mitt Romney or Donald Trump or Joe Biden being elected. It's it's the the impact of that. So, like, when you when you elect a guy like Barack Obama and he wants to have socialized medicine or, or Bernie Sanders, like, Bernie Sanders is the perfect example. Like, Bernie Sanders would change a lot of things in this country to assist the people that live in those coastal cities. Mm-hmm. And so if you make uh, a lot of the things that he wants to happen, like, you know, like the universal health care or uh, free education and stuff like that, like, tell me how you know, John Smith, who lives in Nebraska, benefits from there being free university in in Miami. Sure. sure. Like, they can't get those benefits, but they still have to pay the tax sure. to pay for those things. They have to pay for things that they will never, ever get to use. Mm-hmm. And if they have to drive 680 miles to go to a hospital to get stitches, mm-hmm. are they going to do it? Mm-hmm. Would you? Like if you, I mean, I guess if you had had to get stitches, you'd have to do you'd it. You'd have to do it, yeah. But are, are now we going to give them a stipend 
to pay for their mileage to go there because they're outside the service area of the hospital. Like that, that's what would be fair. Okay. So and are we going to pay them for their time away from their farm to go do that? So what is the right solution? Now, now you're getting <laughs> into it. Um, I don't know, but going away from something takes, takes there being a good solution for everyone. Right? So the system now, as it is, it's not perfect. It's not even good, mm-hmm. you know, necessarily. The electoral college doesn't represent a lot of our people. But uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be changed for something that's better for the majority. Like, or, or for the people, like, that's the trouble. Like, if you could make it so those people in the coastal cities can benefit from that stuff, and then those people don't have to pay, that's how you fix it. Mm-hmm. You 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 let those flyover states keep their money. Okay. So if you if you live this far outside of a city, then you don't have to pay for mass transit, universal health care, universal education, and they get to just keep their money. They're not getting taxed at the same rate. I wonder if we abolished the federal government Ooh. and allowed states. I'd love it. I would love that. It sounds good, although... That's would, how it was drafted, by the way. That's how those 20-year-olds did it. You would have an influx of statewide immigrants moving to whatever state. Like California, there would be a mass exodus. Out of California. Out of California. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, I don't even know, but like... It'd be a beautiful system. It's the way it was designed. It, it could be cool. Because big government likes to, to paint with a broad brush. Mm-hmm. They like to make things that apply to everyone. And we have 300 million people in this country. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them don't believe the same thing as the other ones. No. And federal laws, laws in general, by the way, are not good for people. Laws are main, uh, like designed to create order. But laws... We have way too many fucking laws. Way too many fucking you, laws. You need some laws. You need some laws. I'm not saying get rid of laws. I'm saying get rid of 80% of laws. Mm-hmm. Anything that's, that doesn't have to do with someone preying on another person, both uh, financially or physically or in any other kind of way, like violent or financial. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the laws that we have focus on... We've gotten away from the, the, like, why we created the law. Like, say, for example, you pull up to a red light and you roll through it, taking a right on a, re- on a red, and you get pulled over and you get a $618 ticket. Like, what's the fucking, what's, why does that law exist? State revenue. No, why does that law exist? To keep you safe, right? So you no. don't blow through red lights. No, because they no, want no, no. money for the I state. Do, I do believe that going through a red light is a, sa- is a law that was created for safety. Mm-hmm. Because if people just ran red lights, that would be unsafe, right? True, true. But they use that that rolling through that right turn red light to just grab revenue from you. Mm-hmm. That's a law that shouldn't exist. You know, well, or, or at least, mm-hmm. Or at least you could say... 
Uh, it should exist, but there should be a, a, a much smaller amount that is collected from you for for disobeying it. I don't agree. I think there should be no amount taken from you because a judge should see that and be like, that's fucking stupid. Get out of here, you stupid cop. Okay, but... You what, wrote a ticket for a guy uh, rolling through a stoplight. I have it on camera. Like, why? why is... Why is the county mailing you a ticket for that? Well, that's the argument for, as far as I know, if you exceed 100 miles an hour, you can get your license taken away. Right. Why? Yeah. Exactly. Because you go to Europe, you go to Germany. Yeah. It's not even unsafe. They it's have... not even an unsafe in your car. Your, your Honda can go 100 miles an hour so safely, perfectly fine. Down a straight freeway? It's only safe because people obey the rules of the road. I, I went to Germany in 2018, and everyone drives in the right lane. Right. Unless they're going to fucking pass because somebody. Because you're responsible for your own safety. Because yeah. you'll get fucking hammered by somebody going 120 yeah. in a Porsche. Mm -hmm. So you you get over in the right. Yeah. That's, that's society. That's the society that we want to live in. That's the thing, though, is that... There are benefits to living in this country in terms of monetary gain or, or starting a business or it usually involves money. You can come to America and be nothing and become Jeff Bezos. Mm -hmm. You can live in Germany and drive a car as fast as you want, but... You crash and kill somebody, you're going to get the consequences. Well, what I was going to say is, in Germany, you cannot be a millionaire or a billionaire. You are, you are taxed at forty percent, right? Regardless, because they have social safety nets for everyone that that require all citizens to participate in. So they have that, very very low unemployment. Also, and they don't have welfare. My my sister's husband. They is, don't incentivize uh, slothitude. Like he he is a natural German citizen, and if I ever get him over here, I will sit down with him and ask him all these questions because it's fascinating to yeah, see. Germany is an interesting country. They they have it figured out in a lot of ways. It it allows the entire system to be taken care of but it doesn't allow for insane greed and financial gain like there are no elon musks in germany you cannot do that there hmm. you have to come to america and so that is the argument for america is that you can become the greatest person you could ever imagine yeah but Capitalism. there are there are also maybe not millions probably millions of people sleeping in tents on the fucking sidewalk. Yeah. That doesn't, millions, that doesn't, yeah. that doesn't happen Lots. in Germany. People are taken care of. Yeah. Everyone has, uh, healthcare. Everyone to a certain extent has a home. It's a, it's a difference in opinion of how you run a society. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know enough about it to speak uh, educated on that issue, but uh, that sounds good, <laughs> right? I mean, that's good. That's right? the goal. Is like we have done a lot of 
right things for a long time. We have recently done a lot of wrong things. And the system benefits the people who have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it always has. It's In severely, this specifically. It severely destroys the people who do not have the have and have nots. Uh, this country also rewards people who want. Ambition. That is the conservative platform is that you either have ambition and you are attempting to better yourself. You that's the fucking myth, man, is that you are here. You're you're a temper uh, that you're held down by our uh, system. I can't remember the fucking term. It's a great term. But you are here. You, you're just not you're an eventual millionaire. You're here right now. You will be there if you try hard enough. But there's a lot of people that cannot try hard enough. You cannot get there. I personally, I can never be there without sacrificing an insane amount of my personality and without acquiring wealth from uh, family members. Inheritance. Or, or inheritance or whatever. I cannot reach that point. Why not? Because it's not in the system. I am not supposed to get there. Do you think I can get there? Yeah, I do. Do you? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm positive. Okay. I'm good. I'm not going to disagree with it. Yeah, I think you could. If you, well, here's the deal, though. You got kids. They're going to they're gonna drag you down like an anchor. You're going to have to work so fucking hard. You're going to have to do things that are extremely uncomfortable. Like, you can get there. If you went right now, if you went and got a grant, like, or a scholarship, or whatever, uh, even just loans, you could get you could get grants, you could get uh, scholarships, you get loans, you could go to dental school today. Like, you could go and apply and go and become a dentist. True. Today. Can everyone get You're there? You're smart enough. You could. Can 300 million people reach millionaire status? Uh, probably not everyone because probably not everyone's smart enough to do it. Mm-hmm. Probably there are enough people with low enough intelligence to where they, they couldn't. Mm-hmm. And, and drive is the number one thing. Like you, you don't aspire to be a millionaire because it's not – that's not – in your in your value system that's you don't care to be a millionaire like i don't either yeah like i don't if i'm a millionaire when i'm 70 like i don't care about that the money doesn't mean that i think i probably will be actually but i it's not something that i like it's something that i've always fought for Mm -hmm. i'm just a hard worker yeah. You know, and I'm and I'm always trying to better myself, which is why I'm going through this fucking suffering that I'm going through right now. It sucks. But I just have some part of my body that just keeps telling me, don't settle for what you're dealing with right now. Go get more. Go go do it. And I don't know where that comes from because it's not money. It's it's, it's like, ambition. It's ambition, it's self-worth, it's whatever. Like the the previous job that I had was not as good as the one I'm going to get. Same as the one that I'm about to get now is not as good as the one I'm going to have after that. Mm-hmm. That's going to lead me to that money, which I don't even care if I get. It's just there's something in my spirit 
that, that pushes me to, to be ambitious and to be driven. And some people have that, some people don't. And if they had that thing that I have, which is poisonous to my like, I'll probably have a heart attack when I'm like 62, but it's, it's, it's not something that's like making me happier, but it is something that's driving me. Yeah. So I think you could have it too. You could go and you could do, you could get an education that could lead you to being a millionaire. If you became a dentist at 30, like you'd be like what, 46 by the time you got out of school? Something like 23. that. What? You're 23 now. Yeah. So you could be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so in seven years, you're 36. So, you know, when by the time you're 45, you could be graduated from dental school with some debt, some pretty significant debt. Yeah. But you could overcome it by living a modest life. And you could be there. You know, you got you got more than half your work here's left. That's that's and if you're willing to work Fridays and Saturdays and and all these stupid things that I I'm not saying you should by the way it would be really stupid of you to do that no see because that's if you're, you're like you're living a fine life now that's you're not in poverty whatsoever that is the argument though right like that I think that's you what shouldn't makes, you shouldn't chase a million dollars that is what makes you and I different from Bezos or Elon, or Gates, or whoever, like, you and I, and I I don't want to speak for you, but I will speak for you right now, you and I, um, we, we want some sort of financial freedom, which basically means you don't have to worry about how much money you have. It doesn't mean you're, you're a millionaire or a billionaire. You just don't want to have to worry about shit anymore. You right. want to own a car. You want to own a house. You want to go to the grocery store and not look at your bank account. Right. That is a different measure of success than owning a company and, and making millions of dollars. I'll tell you this, Cody. I, I, have lived, I have done a lot less financially stupid things than most people. That's why. I will have the success that I have, like financially. Mm-hmm. I don't squander money on dumb things. Yeah, I'm a cheapskate. Like that's who I am. Mm-hmm. It's there's something inside of me that like I got from like my depression era grandparents <laughs> that just like they instilled in me that I I I don't I always live for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I like you look at my couch right now. It looks like something that's in like a a frat house. It's not nice. <laughs> But guess what? I'm like financially independent and I'm mm-hmm. going like I'm, I have a great job and I left my great job for an even better job and I'm going to leave that job for an even better job after that. Mm-hmm. So like it's not because I want to have all this stuff necessarily. It's just there's just something inside me that just says go get it. Mm-hmm. It's there for the taking. That's that's what America is, man. And I'm, I'm just taking advantage of, of like that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that if if I was born in uh, like West Philadelphia, born and raised, right? <laughs> I don't know that I'd have that same opportunity if I was there. Like if I was born a, a poor black kid in the in the in the projects, I don't know that I'd have that. You wouldn't. I don't know. Maybe there's a lot of programs. I hear what you're saying, but institutionally. We, as a country, don't do a very good job 
educating people on what they can get and what they can't get. Yeah. Like that person has been taught for a lot of their life that, that society is going to get them mm-hmm. and this is the only way, the hustle is the only way to survive or whatever. You know, like they, maybe, their, maybe their dad isn't there or maybe their mom isn't there. And that's the person that's supposed to teach them this stuff. Or maybe the public school system is failing them. But I have 100% faith that that kid born in West Philadelphia could be a millionaire without question. I have no doubt. If they're smart enough like to make good decisions, and they're not like developmentally disabled, mm-hmm. which, by the way, I am. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. I'm still going to do it. So... If they, if they don't have, like, a, a debilitating learning disability that prevents them from acquiring the knowledge necessary, I have 100% faith that under every circum, any circumstances, with the exception of, like, super abuse or something like that, that's going to yeah. change you mentally. Mm-hmm. But if you have a, a stable upbringing that's, like, not gonna gonna traumatize you mentally and maybe growing up in west philadelphia is that you know like maybe that is i don't understand that lifestyle Mm -hmm. but that person's capable of it you know how i know because it happens every day because will smith because will smith yeah i mean basically everything (laughs) dj jazzy jeff basically everything i learned about black people was from the fresh prince and named lemmy keller so (laughs) that's why i got punched uh several times when i was in the army because i I thought I understood a little bit about stuff. <laughs> All right, my friend. Well, we're at like at least three and a half. Good. So let's uh, let's cheers it. Should we uh, uh, cheers to, to Fresh Prince? Yeah. All right, to Fresh Prince. Yeah. All right, man. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you.